played a fucking. <laughs> Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the to the Mark Order podcast. <laughs> Join the Mark Order. Uh, interesting, Kate. It looks like everybody else uh, dropped out uh, in the middle of the intro. Everybody uh, dies, I guess. Yeah. yeah well, think, that you didn't think Kate was the only one that could dress up for Halloween. Matt, you disconnected everything and we dropped all the audio dropped out. Like we were just sitting here quiet. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Fuck that. I'm a little concerned that uh, Ray is sitting very close to me. I mean, I prefer Ray. Really? What are we doing? Just letting it breathe for a minute. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's the Mark Order Podcast. We're a shit show to start this one. Now that we're... Now that the four horsemen of the Mark Order Apocalypse are back in the same room, sort of. Uh, things are getting wild. Uh, we've got Millionaire Matt back with us. We've got Cruiser Weight, uh, although, Kate, I think it should be Cruiser Weight, W-A-I-T, Kate. Uh, rate the Great, apparently. Hey, girl. And, uh, me at Money. <laughs> I should just be Cruiser Kate and not Cruiser. There we go. Well, it doesn't. Whatever. Uh, I need to do this before we get started, uh, just so everybody knows. Oh, would you lose a bet? No. So, uh, like I've said, yeah, like I said, Matt, uh, if anybody buys me something, I'll wear it here on the show, even though you can't really see it. I need a different camera. But uh, Joe Evans, uh, Asian Joe. Uh, was nice enough to send me two t-shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, wow. One of them is this Fuego del Sol shirt. Because he loves Um I think it's printed slightly off-center, but it's okay. I appreciate a free shirt. Um, and uh, he also sent me another shirt that I'm not wearing tonight in protest. Obviously. But we'll, we'll get it on eventually. You, they definitely sent you a sheet of t-shirt, didn't he? <laughs> yes. My man, Joe, yes. I'm a man after my own heart. That's what you do. Hey, guys. I just want to say to the to Kevin, <laughs> go fuck yourself, okay? I am not Bruce Valanche. Who's Bruce Valanche? The guy that looks like a Muppet who was on Hollywood Squares. Kind of looks like I do right now. Oh, I'm going to Google Bruce Valanche right now. Yeah. Also, oh, if you want... doesn't recognize my face. Also, just so we know that I am aiming to replace Kate, I il- literally eliminated her from this picture using paint. Oh. <laughs> just the white spot. Yeah, I mean, 
Kate, uh, Joe minute. Evans says there's some single white female vibes going on. You might be in danger, and he might be right. Well, Kevin, spot on. You do look like Bruce Valanche. That's creepy as shit. You kind of do, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm alarmed by the accuracy of the impression of, of Rate dancing and immediately fiddling with your fucking bangs. <laughs> on freaking canny oh the, is, the bangs i don't really have bangs they're just long hair so when i go to fiddle it comes right in the face kind of my problem bro they're too <laughs> that's long. what she said <laughs> oh. i don't know if i can oh, do man. this on. no, no rate doesn't do a whole show so rate will at some point let ryan back in wow that's very big of her though he's well, gonna probably uh, stay I at was... this location well, that's a good call. I was actually surprised at the costuming going on. I didn't get the memo. Um, Me either, bro. I also uh, appreciate the mask, Matt. That's a good-looking mask. And I got this pretty cool Evil Uno t-shirt from my Pro Wrestling Tees crate. So I said, oh, I'm going to wear this Wednesday night. Well it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that mask is great. I'll put on the mask because it's an AEW thing. Works. Where did the mask come from? Another crate? Yes. Hair is itchy. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Not the only one that dresses up for podcasts. I like it. I like people getting on board with the dressing up for pods. I've been having a real issue with my face lately. It was suggested to me to take a lately meat on it like someone else did. Wow, because I'm having a real issue with my face lately. Yeah, I look like shit Monday night. I look like I'm all puffy. Like I have like I just ate like a some kind of shellfish and I'm allergic to it. You look great. I mean, how dare you? It's maybe it's uh, your salt intake. Maybe it's the fact that you're uh, drinking straight Jack Apple on the rocks. But maybe it's uh, the fact that you've worked every day for four months. (laughs) I feel like interested. 14 hours a day. <laughs> Phil, well, I got to meet my new nephew today, so that was fun. Go on. Who is he? Tell us everything. He is Everett. He is six weeks old. He's got tiny hands. He's having poop problems. But man, his farts fucking stink. But just like his uncle. <laughs> no, see, I was I thought when I held him, he was gonna inherit my poop powers and be able to poop, but no, he just farted and it was I guess because he can't, he's having poop problems. His farts are, oh man, I ain't got no kids, so I don't know about no baby farts, but goddamn. I can't pull up comments because I'm not logged into StreamYard, but Kevin said Matt's new nephew is 26, and that popped me so hard. There you go. Your new 26-year-old nephew whose farts smell real bad and is having poop problems. I do like that you, you view shitting your pants is a superpower wouldn't i wouldn't consider you an optimistic person but that's a very optimistic way to look at things i like that a lot look he's he was born prematurely he's healthy but he's having some issues sure so if i could pass on my shitting powers to him it's a win everybody wins does anybody remember the movie mystery men yes because one of the heroes in there was the spleen and his power was his farts. So I'm just saying. I right. mean, that's a, they're 
farts are powerful. Was I'm it Paul so Rubens? This up by you having the same background yeah, so as me. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> you you didn't notice that? That's what we're talking about. Single white female. That's brilliant. I love it. The uh, the Mariana Rivera plaque is what really is throwing me off. <laughs> this must have been when you had your camera at a higher angle. If I had known, just... I I would have been in on the bit. Well, I don't, I, it was a surprise as much for you as anyone, but no, I love it. I love it. So, how are you guys doing? How's everyone been? Oh, I'm very tan and relaxed, Matthew. How are you? Uh, if that is tan, you need to fix your light because you still <laughs> light and pasty as shit, Kate. I I just on the on the Kate spectrum, I'm I'm tan, which is by the way fucking white. Kate, still. <laughs> Kate's introducing people with just tuned in, hearing farts are powerful, so. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Thank you. It's not wrong. It's a true statement. Um, but do, should we talk Jera Cruz now? Let's get. I'm gonna take up time per usual. So, how are you guys? Aunt is sans glasses today, which is very weird. I've been sans glasses for weeks now because uh, I don't know. Just one night, I was wearing the glasses and it started bothering my eyes. So now I just go no glasses and I could still read the screen. So that works. Well played. I like it. But science! I did go to a that's very true science. Uh, I did go to a concert Monday night in Pennsylvania, which was weird. Um, only because uh, when uh, I got the email from the venue, they were like, we are following all local and state COVID pro, pro you know, provisions uh, and there are no COVID restrictions in place. So I was like, that's fucking weird. Uh, so um that was definitely odd, but uh, it was a good show. Matt, I think a few of those bands are up your alley. Gojira. Oh, I like Gojira. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were. I'm not a huge fan, but they were very good live. They were very good. Yeah. Um, I am a fan of one of the openers, Knocked Loose. They were very good. They're always good live. Uh, and then a new band. That was my nickname in high school. Oh, were, <laughs> yeah, I think you were the one getting knocked loose. <laughs> neither here nor there. Oh, and then uh, Gina, Gina and I went uh, up in um, up in uh, East Stroudsburg uh, at uh, the Sherman Theater. I think it's East Stroudsburg. Oh, okay. It's up in Stroud. It's a good venue. But uh, Gina was there. I went with Gina. She was uh, shooting the show um, uh, and uh, she was shooting the opening band and then she shot everybody else. But uh, the opening band was called Alien Weaponry. And uh, I didn't. I didn't get to see them because I was looking for parking. Uh, and by the time I got through the line, they were pretty much ending, uh, which was a bummer because apparently they're from New Zealand and they sing in the like native New Zealand tongue. Uh, so um, I caught like the last half of the last song and it sounded great. Uh, so I got to go check them out. But it was a lot of fun. Just, it was just good. I just I just looked them up on Spotify. I'm going to be checking them out later. Yeah, yeah, you call your band alien great. weaponry. You have my undivided attention immediately. <laughs> I was personally bummed because I've heard about them. Like I didn't know about the whole New Zealand thing, but I had heard about them. I've seen their name around and I've just never had to check them out. So I was like, this is gonna be great. But I forgot that all the parking is street parking up there. So oh. I had to walk like four blocks 
to get to uh, the show. And by that time, they were pretty much ending. But uh, yeah, they were pretty rad. And um, it was fun, except, uh, like I said, it was just weird to be in a fully packed concert venue. Like, and nobody's... There were people in masks and stuff, but I I was like, I'm wearing a mask. This is fucking weird. <laughs> uh, but it was... It was a lot of fun. Gojira had these giant, like, uh, uh, like fog blasters. Basically, they looked like giant, you know, cold spray canisters that sprayed fog out into the air that looked uh, really awesome. And Gina said they scared the shit out of her when she was taking photos because you didn't know when they were going to go off at certain times. She said one of the security guards would go, here it comes. And then they would just blast off but other times it would just go off and she said it was really freaked out uh but uh it was fun it was a lot of fun uh and the rest of the week has sucked so far so that's my week yes that's me with pyro at wrestling shows by the way and i know it's coming because it's the entrance but i every time there's pyro at a show yeah what are you the counting from the muppets i'm going to pop at pyro Yes, I am. Thank you. Oh. By the way, I'm loving that I couldn't get rid of your name on my thing, so Kate's just right there. <laughs> I like you having Yankee stuff in the background. It's better than your Philly trash that you normally have. Yeah, Matt Raikiel's trying to say I'm a closet Yankee fan. I am not. Matt Raikiel knows. By the way, Flyers scored. They're up one nothing. Thought everyone should know. Who cares? Nobody gives a shit. Wow. Who cares? Yikes. Hot take. How are Have you, you been? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm great. You know, living the dream. Living <laughs> the dream. Yeah, doing work shit, doing podcast shit, getting ready for a 10-year anniversary show. Hope my, hope my favorite wrestling company doesn't disappear off the face of the earth. The usual Wednesday shit. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Had a great show this week with Dan Barry and the Ninja Mac on I the Shining say. Wizards Wrestling Podcast this Monday. This is the first anyone's going to hear of this. We have uh, Paro from the NWA is joining Ooh, us. All right. That's some breaking news. And in two weeks, I'm just giving it away for free here on the Mark Order Podcast. Two weeks. Uh, Christian Rocco, who you may not be familiar with. He's a wrestler down at the Monster Factory. Uh, and there's a story behind that because he started following the Shining Wizards podcast when he was like 12. And we come visit us at conventions. And now he's a professional wrestler. So I said, we're going to book this kid. And uh, Taylor Rust, recently released from NXT. Now, maybe still employed by Ring of Honor. I don't know. He's joining us in two weeks. So the Shining Wizards podcast is rocking and rolling. Uh, and I am doing the same. Maybe. I don't know. Rocking, rolling. <laughs> you are. I think you have to take 100% credit for this kid becoming a professional wrestler. Like, oh, he started listening oh. to the podcast at 12. We cultivated his love for it. Just just take the credit. Ride the wave. No, no. He was well-versed. He was stuck out like a sore thumb. When you're 12 years old and you show up at a wrestling convention with a Bruiser Brody t-shirt on and you can recite oh. the history of Bruiser Brody, you know this kid's a special apple. So well, I'm excited oh. for, to talk to him in two weeks. I'm still working on some more guests for this week. and. Uh, Working on the pizza trucks, slinging pies. I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend with the rain. So, uh, I don't know. The Rangers, does the flyer scored again? Yes, they did. Okay. So we need... uh, I missed last week's show because of work, so I didn't get to talk about our fun adventure at New Japan. Um, 
but it was a good time. I had a lot of drinks, a lot of double Jack and Cokes and on, a, on two, two hot dogs, and like six double Jack and Cokes. <laughs> then I was dying at cheesesteak place. Anthony had to buy me water. If you do your, your Steiner meth of six, uh, double Jack and Cokes is 12 Jack and Cokes. We're going down easy peasy one, two, three, easy. So, there but I survived. Go. Yeah. And, uh, How are you? Yeah. you I, uh, you- I, I thought you were going to die eating that cheesesteak. Uh, you were coughing a lot. It wasn't like Matt wasn't sick. It just something when he tried to eat it whole and he was sitting. I mean, he probably would have had an easier time, but he just something went down the wrong pipe and he just <laughs> couldn't stop coughing. And I'm like, do you need help? He's like, he just <laughs> <laughs> water. I was like, all right, man. And then that took like 18 minutes because the two fucking kids who were getting their shit, I guess, didn't have money. So like they were waiting for somebody to grab money. I'm like, I who cares? I'm like, uh, I just need water, man. (laughs) Hockey updates. Well, what was funny? Ryan, what have you been up to? Oh, sorry, Kate. Watching, watching hockey. And making <laughs> soundboard and Matt. putting this photo shot together in Microsoft Paint. That's pretty much it. Well, I was on the cruise. You guys also killing it on getting a show out on Mon- or on Wednesday night, despite a lot of chaos going on. Doing a bonus episode on Saturday. You guys killed it. Thank you for crushing it last oh, week. How was the Jera cruise? Uh, so. <laughs> I thought about Matt a lot for uh, the three did. times alone at sea. No, I was not alone. I brought my friend who does not like wrestling, which was real fun. Uh, not doesn't like it. Isn't familiar. She's kind of into it now. One or over, but uh, it took seven hours to get on the fucking boat. Oh, yeah, so, that sucked. And there were th- like three different points where I was like, Matt would have Matt would have murdered someone. Matt, I don't know. Someone, like because of all because of the length of the wait, the ineptness, and I could just hear Matt's voice in the back of my head being like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> like, Here's a very important question to this, and this would definitely dictate my anger in the line. Could you access a restroom? You could access a restroom, and when the people who were on the boat were doing, there, there's like a toast. Everybody gives you a beer or a shot or whatever when you're about to set sail because that was they like did that before we left while we were still in line they also brought everybody beers and chicken sandwiches which is pretty cool <laughs> but could you we sit were, down wait what was that could you sit down there weren't really chairs but there were like you could sit against the wall and there was an outlet to charge my phone in because that was the other thing i was like all my check-in papers are on my fucking phone, and we were waiting for seven hours. The first three hours were outside. The next four hours were a combination of like inside and then sitting down while you're waiting for your COVID results and then walking up actually onto the boat to check in. But there were two things that had happened. Well, three. So this was the first six-man cruise to set sail uh, since the since the beginning of the pandemic. So this was their first go around at it, which doesn't help for those of you who don't know six man, uh, basically charters a Norwegian cruise line boat uses all of Norwegian cruise line staff. 
and they put on uh, mostly concert type stuff, but they also put on this wrestling cruise. They then uh, had this partnership with CVS where they were supposed to rapid test everybody before you got on the boat. Very safe that way. You had to be vaccinated. You had to have a PCR within 96 hours and they rapid tested you, which is makes you feel safe. But they, I guess, thought it was going to be like 20 people that were working for CVS, but not all of them were swabbing. So they had half the manpower that they thought they were going to have and their union workers. So when their time was up, they bounced and it was only the supervisors. So they said someone's head is going to roll over that because that's it, it. It's so preventable and so unnecessary, which is how where I was starting to lose it, because I was like, I understand inconvenience and shit going wrong like so preventable <laughs> like just double checking shit would have prevented that but on the boat was really fun it was definitely a step down from last year that first day like we didn't even i didn't want to go watch wrestling or rock out to mediocre rock bands like we just went to bed we ate we're out like very very frustrating um but the rest of the experience was super fun you just didn't have the a-level talent there because they weren't filming but you did still have like it's, it's basically Matt's dream lineup. It was Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt, The Wingmen, uh, Colt Cabana. You did have Britt Baker. You did have Chris Statlander, Stu Grayson, and Uno. Um, Ricky Starks. Yes? Oh. I have a question. Yes. Um, you said The Wingmen were there. All of The Wingmen? I didn't get yeah, why, yes? why don't you okay. tell, Yeah, why don't you tell Ant how you let us down? <laughs> let you down. I let myself down the most, but... Uh, you didn't buy the man a drink. You didn't fuck Pretty Peter Avalon? I did not Come fuck, on. marry, or kill Pretty Peter Avalon. A huge disappointment all around. I wanted to buy him a mojito with my open drink package. Um, but it was really cool because, like, there were wrestlers are all... all all over like you could just be playing blackjack with Colt Cabana and Orange Cassidy at one point in the casino I was hanging out with JD Drake in the hot tub at one point like it's really fun <laughs> Will Ospreay was a just drunk the entire cruise and B <laughs> when we were hanging out by the pool there were these people assholes who uh decided they wanted to start like their own belly flop contest and were trying to outdo each other and then Will Ospreay just put an end to it with like the most insane flip into a pool I've ever seen. <laughs> like it was just like, we're going to end this right now and do the most athletic shit off the side of the pool ever. Um, but it, it was a really fun experience. It was just definitely marred by that first night and definitely a step down from uh, last year. But I think when they go in March, they'll get back on track. Cause I, I assume they'll be taping dynamite again and, and having kind of the more, a level talent there, but it was really fun. My friend that ended up going with me, my cabin mate switched a couple of times. Um, but she was like, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I like open drink packages and white girl shit in the Bahamas. Like, let's go. She is like very introverted, but had the, enough beer muscles to do the, they had like a drunk spelling bee where you take a shot and you have to go spell a word. It was like wrestling words and urban dictionary words. So she had no shot because she like can't spell like anybody's name from New Japan or like these weird <laughs> urban dictionary words. But she was like very upset because it was hosted by Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. And she was like, they didn't do anything to help me. And they were helping other people. 
And so later that night when Orange Cassidy was wrestling Ricky Starks, she became like the biggest Ricky Starks fan in the world. It was so funny. So they're all like booing him. And she was like, fuck everybody booing. That's my guy. <laughs> like she did not care who the heels and the faces were. It was all about who helped her at her drunk spelling bee and who didn't. So it was just really fun. Like even as a non-wrestling fan, the more you saw people on the boat doing different things and then you would see them wrestle, you're starting to put two and two together and understand people's characters and personalities. And for non-wrestling fans to have Orange Cassidy and the wingmen coming out in their hotel robes and Starks and like these characters, they are so accessible and, and fun. And Colcabana, obviously, like it, it immediately draws you in. So I think for having kids and people who might not be like, the biggest wrestling fans in the world, but are there with boyfriends or whatever. It's a, it's a really fun experience for them too. They do a good job of catering to like whatever level markdom you're, you're sitting on the pole. at. <laughs> so it's great. So Kate, you still didn't tell us why this didn't happen with pretty Peter Avalon. I just didn't see him on the boat out in the wild at all. Like I just you saw JD Drake. I did, but they don't all in a hot tub together. Yeah, but you could have leveraged one to the other. That's your in. He's there, and you say, "Oh, yeah. I do. I do a podcast. I know everyone does a podcast, JD. But just listen. <laughs> we play this. You play. We play. Fuck Mary Kill. You know what that's like. They do that in the South, right? Yes, you're a gentleman. You know this. And I said I wanted to do all three with pretty, pretty Peter Avalon. So maybe you never you know, wanted to kill him. Okay, I'm sorry. I never wanted to kill him. Maybe, you know, if I could just get a photo with him or something, like you tell him he's got a fan. I'm not going to, like, molester him. I'm not a creep. I just want to send Well, I am going to molester him, but it's he'll like it. Yeah, but, you know, she's got to lie about that so she can get her mitts on him, you know? You say, oh, this is this. Look at look at this thirst trap photo I put on Twitter yesterday. Show him this. Yep. Tag him in it. Okay. I could have. I think it was because Colt Cabana was also on the boat, so I felt oh, like my, no, my heart. Matt, he didn't. Cabana. He didn't need the photo. Kate was in a hot tub. That's true. I was there. Yeah, but I don't know if she was like, you know, I'm not going to let these these people see me in my bikini. I'm just going to go in in a t-shirt. I mean, I had so much soft serve ice cream that it really depends on what day I was in that bikini because I was not looking cute by the end of it. I was eating like a five-year-old the entire cruise. I had so much chocolate milk and soft serve ice cream. And way too much food with cheese on it. Uh, it was great. It, it was really, really fun. And that's how, I wasn't that's gonna, how you do a cruise. That is how you do a cruise. I told you. I, I did gonna 13, make my, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I did a 13-day Mediterranean cruise. And we went to... <laughs> There's a thirst trap in Kate. We went to Italy, we went to France, we went to Greece. No matter what I ate when we got off the boat, as soon as I got back on the boat, cheeseburger and a soft serve vanilla ice cream cone every fucking Dude, day i don't know what it is but last time i was doing that eating a hot dog normally but i was doing the like barbecue grill whatever grab stuff too all the time it was the same deal grabbing lots of hot dogs last time huh oh my god Set hot dog here just, hot dog there she's just, just me walking right as many into that she could one. get her mitts on <laughs> There was only one hot dog I wanted, all right? And I didn't get it. So <laughs> a very fun time. And it was just nice too because I wasn't gonna make my friend go through like 
meet and greet stuff when she didn't give a shit about any of the wrestlers. Like, hey, wait in this line. First of all, I just had waiting in line PTSD the whole cruise. I didn't want to wait in another line ever again. But um, all of the, it's all included. Like the cost is all included on that. So uh, yes, Millionaire Matt. Uh, did your friend grab any hot dogs? She did not. She grabbed a lot of pain makers. Uh, there's it goes in the chat. Thank you. Um, I was trying to get there before you. Sorry. <laughs> good. I got it. Don't worry. I got you. Only, right, I always one psycho. Um, she did not grab any hot dogs. She did have, they had specialty drinks that were all named after AEW things. And she was like, I don't know what the fuck a pain maker is, but it's delicious. <laughs> and she was drinking them the entire time. <laughs> I know Joe, I failed. Know, I think if I had that, had a real tracking. interaction with him, it would have been good. But he did. Um, I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but he does the the ending his day thing by like face planning onto the bed. Uh, and I felt that way when I got home, and so I did that and tagged him, and we had a nice conversation. And he knows that I owe him a mojito now, so next time I'm gonna get pe pretty Peter Avalon that mojito. But he was he's so fun to to watch perform like his facial expressions ringside on a boat is just like the funniest shit you've ever seen it's so much fun is it different than when he's on land um i was just so close like you're so much closer to them so i don't think his faces are any different but like uh you're there's just you're so close to everyone because there's i don't know two thousand people on the boat you figure maybe there's a thousand watching and you get a good enough seat like it's pretty great <laughs> Very fun experience. Hey Matt, we yes. saw Osprey. We saw Osprey wrestle. Do you remember? I do. I remember. You wrestled Alex Zane. It was fantastic. Do you remember what you were saying? Do you remember? No, no idea. <laughs> you gaslighting son of a bitch! You gaslighting son of a bitch! Oh yeah, you... I said that a couple oh, times. In a couple. <laughs> what? Oh, now it's Matt. What are you doing? Fucking twelve months ago, everyone's like, "Will Osprey is a gaslighting son of a bitch, and he's holding people down. He should get canceled." Either you fucking own it, people. You're gonna fucking say it on fucking Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Do it at a fucking live show, you fucking sissy assholes. I think that information got debunked, which is why people backed That's, off. But I fuck him. It. Fuck him. He shit talk Shingo. You fuck. My friend noticed he looked what? exactly. Where's the echo coming from? It... That was aggressive. Jesus. Is it me? I don't know. I don't know, Matt. Where is the echo coming from? Anyway, my friend noticed that Will Osprey looked a lot like Ryan Philippe. And so she was just drunk on the boat and we'd see him like in the elevator and she'd be like, Ryan Philippe. And he was like, I don't know who that is, but I hope he's good looking. And we took several. Did pictures. you compare notes on overalls with powerhouse Hobbs? Okay, so seeing Will Hobbs just walking around is wild. <laughs> that dude is enormous and a brick house. Uh, he didn't have his overalls on the first two days, but on day three, he did have his overalls on, and I had my overalls on. His are much cooler and more filled out <laughs> uh papa squat uh marco stunt was there fuck you tony you piece of gotta shit. have the stars he is the most over person on the crew like he's just 
Well, he sucked. Did you watch his shitty performance? We did not watch his performance. Wow, so I he's don't so know good. He's so good, but nobody watches his shitty performance like his shitty I wrestling. I would have. You suck, Marco Stunt. You suck. Wow. Yeah, you don't belong in a wrestling ring. How do you like them apples? Get a haircut, you hippie. Wow. Everybody haircut, but Matt loves you hippie. him. Well, then. Well, Kate, while you let us all down, uh, hey, you I, didn't I let me guess... Down. Thanks, Matt. Hey, I feel hey, like Matt, I let myself. Do me a favor, Matt. Talk. Talk. It's Kate with the Echo. All right. Well, I'll plug my headphones in. So I muted you and I heard no Echo. Wow, Rate. Jesus. Rate is back. Fantastic. Where, I don't know why my that goodness. popped back up. But... Well, Mark was uh, done for Kate... the 10th anniversary show. I hear you, Matt, uh, Tony. <laughs> I love it. Good luck. Ooh, Good. Try, and along with, Try and book him. Along with King Mo and Bobby Lashley. My gosh. I turned off MLW the other day because King Mo was on commentary. He's a king. A king of what? Of uh, Mo Landia. No, he should not be in a position where he is uh, courting wrestlers to be in a wrestling stable like he's some fucking ultimate he, wrestling no fuck he sucks shit he doesn't belong in the world of professional wrestling hold, hold on hold on kate you're king of what and you couldn't just go with motown you'd go with molandia towns don't have kings king of motown is a thing yeah but king mo is not a king of motown can we cry about roh now yeah no, I don't want yeah. to cry about it. I'm trying to move on, but uh, everybody keeps bringing up Marco Stunt and King Mo and blah, blah, blah. Um, so the big, news, the big news of the day was that uh, Ring of Honor put a statement out earlier. It read, throughout this pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our new business operations and are planning a pivot for ring of honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ring of honor. Uh, ring of honor was the most, uh, has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ring of honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the super card of honor with the new fan focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. So fellas, what the fuck is going on with ring of honor? <clears throat> fellas and gal. Thank you very much. Well, I don't, well, I, I just I say saw, fellas as a group. I'm just kidding. I saw that come across the wire and then I saw the fucking, shitty shittily worded Dave Meltzer tweet go out which was incorrect from what I'm reading no they didn't release all their contracts or all their talent they didn't release them all they're going to let their contracts run out but they are free to work elsewhere immediately they're going to pay them until the end of the year until their contracts run out it's essentially the same end end game though is that by the end, no contracts exist. Yes, but I think it's even an even better situation than that. No, I think it's, it's until March, it's, isn't it? No, it's end of the year unless you're signed for like long term and then you get paid through March if you're long term. There you go. 
Okay. Which, and I'm yes, not, it is it's better than the, release, but it's the same end game. Right. And they are right. not the, canceling their TV show. Right. That was the other part of it. So, so yes, to, I guess, update everybody, the reports are now saying uh, that releases are effective at the end of the year. If a wrestler was signed into 2022 or beyond, they'll get paid until March 31st. And um, uh, the talent uh, who uh, the talent who wants to work elsewhere, Ring of Honor is working with them to allow them to do that. And the television show, uh, as Matt said, uh, there still is a television show. So, um, you know, much different picture than it was first put out today. So those are kind of the updates. But still, it kind of begs the question, like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it's a really weird situation like there's just all of a sudden out of nowhere as they've been building to final battle um you know it's just uh it's just so weird to see this announcement today i mean matt you you for the monday night show work really closely with ring of honor i know you watch a lot of ring of honor we've all been to the ring of honor shows you know that's kind of where we we first started getting into all this stuff together and talking wrestling um so i mean where are you at with all this news today uh as as it says on the screen i am sad uh because i have no idea um what the first statement they put out it was a little because like yeah i know january february march is kind of slow and they've been running in baltimore and you can't really you know fly people out to the east once a month because of the the weather and other all these other circumstances that could fuck things up uh, maybe take a couple months off. Like I know we talked about it Monday night. Uh, maybe like they're giving their guys an off season. You know, everyone can rest up and all this other shit. And then you see all this other information come out and it's very like, man, what the fuck? And then you go on Twitter and you see all this talent. Like I want to thank ring of honor. They were there for me, you know, when I was 16 years old and they have their fingerprints all over the current state of wrestling. And it's like, am I reading too much into this thinking like, this is it? Like, we're going to go to final battle and it will legit be the last fucking Ring of Honor show ever. And I really hope not. I reached out to a bunch of Ring of Honor guys that I'm friends with, you know, today. And I just I don't want to know. I didn't ask him anything. I was just like, you know, if you need anything, you know, we're here for you. Like, I don't I don't want to, you know, I, I just don't know. It's fuck, so out of left field. None of it makes sense. Um, they can't be hemorrhaging money because they're not running live events. They're taping right all at once. They're owned by a fucking TV company. So I just I don't know. And it's like they're doing such a great job. Their TV product is fantastic. It's my favorite hour of TV. They've invested in all these women. They've really made a super strong and compelling women's division. And they've they've made me care about so many different characters that I didn't care about before because they've taken the time through the restart of the pandemic to really like hone in on some cheeseburgers reinvented Eli Isom is a character. Now, uh, Dalton castle. Like I fucking hated Dalton castle before the pandemic. And then like, now he's got a character, Dak Draper bandito's your world champion Gresham, the story with the foundation, like this last past week with Vincent, it's, super compelling and this just comes out of fucking left field and i'm like god damn it this is like ecw all over again like i was at the last fucking ecw pay-per-view i don't want to be at the last ring of honor pay-per-view but in the pit of my stomach it's like 
fuck, this might be it. And the way all these fucking talents are talking, it's like, yeah, is it a work shoot? Are they working us because they're going to come back bigger and better? Or is this like, do we have to be concerned? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the the big one for me was, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Maria Canellis put out a big statement on Twitter, um, which made it seem really <laughs> like this is a dire situation, like it's over. Um, and I know that, um, uh, you know, they've been rebuilding the women's division and they've got some good talent there now. I mean, I hate to do it, but Kate, I'm going to throw it to you just because we're so critical on this show of the women's wrestling in the division. And I know you're such a huge proponent of that. I mean, ring of honor was actually going through it the right way, building it back. And it was looking pretty strong. I mean, this, this sucks from a women's wrestling perspective, because they were actually one of the ones who were starting to get it right. Um, you know, I don't know what, uh, not just from a women's perspective, I want your take on that, but overall, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on ring of honor? Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels very doomsday out there. Like any, uh, everything that I've read has been, uh, at, at best it's extremely uncertain. That to me reads like maybe Sinclair's trying to sell or something there's so much value in the library too that that almost makes me more nervous (laughs) like like that they could just shut it down and try and make money off the library i think you could see if it goes that route somebody do what they've done with nwa for so many years but now kind of gave them a home which is just like go out and license the name if they let that expire but with such a rich category uh catalog i don't know if they would do that i'd certainly hope not but to me, I, you know, it would make sense. I've been, I bitch about it on Twitter like every fucking week. Like there's a point where Sinclair's either got to invest or get out. And I wonder if if them owning Ring of Honor ended up being more toxic than helpful because they don't put them on TV. And it's kind of like the best kept secret in wrestling. And it shouldn't be that you can go watch the product for free on the website. So I... To me, I wonder if this was like a shit or get off the pot thing with with Sinclair. I don't know anything. There's nothing that Sean's reported. I don't have any insider information or anything like that. Um, But it being so stark and sudden and the one thing that has been reported with some credibility, it seems like, is that this was not a ring of honor call. This was a Sinclair broadcast call like they have decided to shut this down. Uh, So I, I, you know, I just... I don't know. It certainly seems like from what the talent is saying that they were at least told not to plan on them coming back. So if if they're planning to reinvent the wheel, which is like but as a publicist, the most PR bullshit way of saying we're not saying that we're shutting down. <laughs> like it's the most adorable way publicists like to take an easy out. Uh you know, it, I don't think they'll be back by March of 2022. I I'm wondering if this is them looking to sell because you know there's if you're not going to invest and now's the time to invest by the way like not just talking about independent talent like there's a lot of people right now that don't want to work in wwe and a lot of them signed up to work in nxt and got sold a bill of goods that they're not happy about being there anymore and people's contracts are up and not everybody can go to AEW. will kevin owens go to AEW? probably what is Johnny Gargano gonna? I don't know. Like there's so many people whose contracts are expiring that I think would really 
love to go back to what Ring of Honor's doing right now because it's the closest product to NXT 1.0 or 1.5 or whatever the fuck. So it's it's such a weird time because it seems like for a third wrestling alternative, I know a lot of people are hot on GCW, but the, the alternative with the clearest voice to me the past 18 months has been Ring of Honor. Like they are, they know exactly who they are. They built it on the back of Jonathan Gresham. They did so many great things. It's so many things right. Uh, they were, to me, the ones that could have really moved moved the needle for themselves. And it's really disappointing. But like the the starkness of it and the uncertainty of it makes me think this is this is a, a tension between Ring of Honor and Sinclair. Because why else would this be so blindsiding? Like that's such a weird thing. Well, the, the the weird thing was, I feel like earlier in the day, I was seeing a lot of, like, in a couple places, they were saying, so, I was seeing something say, Sinclair axed it, right? But I feel like in the past, Sinclair has actually valued Ring of Honor because it's essentially cheap content for them, right? Like, there's not a whole lot they have to do. It's basically just free for them if they want to utilize it on any of their channels. Um, They're really doing it across the board but i mean it's an option so it does seem sort of weird and i i kind of agree with you kate is this like being your third best option and i think like a lot of the stuff they did with the pure wrestling was it was a standout for them right like that was something totally different that like nobody else was doing um that really could kind of set them apart from others so yeah this was just a very weird piece of news to get today schlong you've been awfully quiet i you know to be honest schlong, i don't know how into ring of honor you are but clearly as kind of like a you know third or fourth major brand out there this is a big deal excuse me i've been to two ring of honor shows this year two <laughs> my apologies um, i mean i was getting into them because of that it's just hard to get into something you know there's only so many hours in the day i will I will say no matter what it is, you don't release all the contracts or let them expire at the end of March and then bring people back for better money. So no matter what happens, it's worse off for the wrestlers. I mean, that which really sucks because you there's just no way you do this and then say, well, hey, we're going to bring you back and pay you more. Otherwise, you just keep them what they had. Um, they may just cut down how many they use and really, really limit it. They may, may try to go full studio show. I, I sucks i don't know how expensive ring of honor is to 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 make i can't imagine it's super expensive if you start being able to get crowds back in there again um no and a lot of their talent was not your jonathan greshams but they had a lot of talent that were actually free agents that were doing like the impact thing where it was it was uh like appearance based so talent that was because they weren't running live dates, which is actually the right thing to do by a wrestler, in my opinion, is to say, we're we're signing you for this many dates throughout the year, but that's not like a salaried situation or anything. Like, so they were supplementing their talent already anyway. So to your point, that's do you give the that younger crop real contracts? Because Jonathan Gresham's about to be everywhere i think you know what i mean <laughs> like i i think they're gonna lose a lot of their top talent in this time i don't know if they're gonna have the choice to bring them back for less money because 
look at wrestling right now. Like Jonathan Gresham could go work New Japan, AEW, like Impact, all he wants. And do I you think, lose uh, faith? No, I don't think you lose faith because don't forget when the pandemic started and they didn't run, they paid everybody. They did. Every single person. So I think in the wrestling industry, I think that holds some weight now. You know, there's a reason why the Briscoe showing up in GCW two, three weeks ago was, the, was one of the few times they've strayed from Ring of yeah. Honor. And there's and, you know, when it's all said and done and they write their book or they do their tell all that the amount of times the WWE and every other company came calling to them through their whole tenure in Ring of Honor is going to be in the fucking 20s and 30s, no doubt, because they legit have a license to print money. There's a reason they stayed there. There's a reason Jay Lethal has been there as long as he's been there. Um, you know, does it, you know, if 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 the reports are true and it's not a Ring of Honor thing, it's a Sinclair thing, can you hold that against Ring of Honor? You know, and, these, and, and they're going, hey, this is the deal. Go make your money. Go, yeah. go be free now. Go take whatever bookings. Bandito's already booked for GCW. For three that days. dropped like like this afternoon. He's got three dates and tons of names are going to follow. Gresham was already working other places. Brody King was already working other places. Now you're going to get Mike Bennett, who's been doing the independent scene. I'm sure you get Taven and Vincent and Dickinson's doing New Japan. Like all these guys are going to land on their feet, you know, and you just hope that whatever happens in march or april you know that some of these guys it's just it's a catch-22 right they could be loyal but at the end of the day they have to feed their families and they have to put food on their tables and they have to take care of themselves on the flip side it's like when you woke up on october 27th you had a fucking job and a contract and you were set you know say you signed a contract till 2024 you were fucking good and then foosh it's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. It's so crazy. I don't you know, think anyone's holding it against ROH. Like, I haven't seen any negative takes against the company because it came out. It was a Sinclair decision. So they understand the guys who actually run the show. are. Good. I'm saying more from a point uh, point of you, you're Jonathan Gresham. You've given everything to this company. Now Sinclair comes in and says, hey, we can come back, but we're going to offer you 75% of what you were making, 60% of what you were making, because we're just not going to pay it. There's no way you hang around out of that loyalty because Sinclair at any minute has proven they have no loyalty to you. ROH may have loyalty to you, but Sinclair doesn't. If so he's got a Sinclair by the time they come back, though. You well, know? That's a whole other argument. Yeah. yeah. And that bums me out the most because John uh, Gresham has said so many times he, he was like, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to stay at Ring of Honor forever. <laughs> like, so that. That one of all of them, I think, breaks my heart the most. But And then the other, the flip side to this is like Asian Joe just puts it up here. Like Impact and AEW are going to bolster the rosters with some of this ROH talent. Who do you see going to which company? We've had this conversation at Nauseam with all the WWE releases. Like, you know, these guys can go wherever, but what are, you know, like Tony Nese yeah. is now in AEW. Is he just a guy who's going to be on Dark and Dark Elevation? Like we're running out of space, people. Like Bray Wyatt still doesn't have a home. Yeah, well, he's a think, home, like... Yeah, I mean, I I think that clearly, like <clears throat> you know, uh, a guy like uh, Bray Wyatt, right? Um, I think he knows what where he's gonna land, right? Like I think that's a different conversation, but I think a lot of this talent in Ring of Honor 
you know, not that it's not at the same level of some of those big names that get released out of out of the E, but they're definitely not household names. I could give you a bunch of names I'd like to see show up in AEW or even Impact, but I don't realistically think it's going to necessarily happen across the board because like you're saying, Matt, there's just not enough room. I think I think that what would essentially make the most sense to employ the most guys, no matter who who would do it, would be, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, purchase of Ring of Honor. Let them keep their name, make the money off of the Ring of Honor name, but use it as your feeder system. Right. So, like, I'm not saying AEW should do it because I think they have a lot of talent. But like, you know, for impact, would something like that make sense? And again, not saying they have the money to do it. But would it make sense for somebody like NWA or, you know, Impact to do something like that? It might because you've now basically leveled up your talent and, you know, you essentially could have two shows. But I don't know how much sense that would make financially for either one of those companies. Like you have to have the capital to do it and and nobody else really has the capital to do it. But there's a lot of talent like if you said to me, you can have Brody King in AEW. Yeah. Sign me up. Fuck. Yeah. Gresham. Yup. You know, like you could even say Danhausen. Yes. Give, give me Danhausen. But like, I don't think we're going to see the same huge number of contracts signing that we've seen in the past for some of the bigger names. I just, I don't see it happening. Cause I don't think that the money's really out there to sign a lot of these guys. No, the thing to me that sucks the most is that Japan is still on lockdown because I feel like so many of these guys, I know that they could do the American side, but like New Japan seems like the next most logical place for a lot of these guys to go. My thing is before you even get into the bloated roster there is like, okay, so let's look across the pond. NXT, Kyle O'Reilly, his contract's up. Are you signing him so that you have Undisputed Era now also? In AEW, and you have that complete story because you just signed Bobby Fish. You're, there's no way they're not signing Kevin freaking Owens. Like you've got to sign that guy, right? Do you sign Gargano? Like it. There's so much. It's such a bigger conversation than these ROH guys and where do they go? Uh, the the top ones for me showing up in AEW are absolutely Brody King. I'm totally with you. I think there could be so much fun to be had there. I. I would like to see selfishly the Briscoes go to the tag team division because they're so different than anything that's happening there. Gresham and and Danielson is a dream match. And now, I mean, Gresham and Daniel Garcia, like there's a lot of those guys over there that I would like to see. Um, trying to think of anybody else that's like right Even off the top of the Even some of the women's, head. there's the women's sure, so, talent too, you know? Well, they, uh, they broke the the news that AW was actually talking to Roxy before she signed with ring of honor. So she might go over there, but uh, Miranda Alizé for sure. I think she's a, an absolute standout heel. I don't know. Trisha Dora is like the biggest no brainer in the world. I don't know. Well, she, and she just signed a contract too. Like just that's what's so surprising is like just signed a contract. I, you know who this breaks my heart for as much as anybody is Tony Deppin. <laughs> They've been saying sign Tony Deppin for months. It sure felt like it was leading that way. And now, I mean, like he put in so much work with this one promotion and hopes to get signed there. And now it just 
in a flash doesn't really exist. He has a great following in GCW, of course, but like, God, give the guy a break. Um, but I, I don't think Willow was signed there, but she to me is is the hottest free agent woman that I would like to see probably signed anywhere. I think she's so special. And, uh, you know, Maria on the planning side, if you, you hear Riccoboni talk, the person I want to see go anywhere the most is Ian Riccoboni to commentary at Impact. Oh my God, go make a difference there, please. But uh, Riccoboni <laughs> put over Maria huge as, as being the person that really planned out this whole women's tournament and the division. If you've seen any of the interviews he's done, so I would, you know, backstage could be great. Mike Bennett isn't like my favorite guy in the world, but he could fit in like a Seidel role or something. Uh, he could go to Impact and, and do some character work as well, I think. But it's it's just such a big conversation now because there are so many people at WWE that want to leave WWE. And, uh, you know, like everybody I think was like, oh, Bronson Reed got released from NXT. Where is he going to go? And it's like, man, he's like 40th on the list right now. <laughs> like it's such a big yeah. conversation, but yeah, that's those are kind of my top that I can think of. I feel like a lot of the ROH guys could do really cool stuff in the Impact X division as well. Like CB, LSG, like going to to X division at Impact could make like there's so many dream matches with like Rohit and stuff over there that I would love to see that I think could be really fun. So um yeah. That's my and I know Ryan, you have something to say, but with the whole impact thing, um, they're the kind of in the same boat. Where do you fucking watch it? It's awful. It's it's brutal. It's killed their ratings too because there's where the hell do you watch Impact? Like fell off a cliff, and now it sounds like I don't, I don't know if I've read anywhere credible, but it sounds like the relationship with AEW is done. So I don't know. Yes. Yeah, they they lease so much talent. And they don't sign them that I don't know what the what the hell is next for them because they didn't do a lot to retain anything. I feel like other yeah, than the Kate, women, just to your are ridiculous. <laughs> yes. So, Kate, just to your point because you brought it up, the reports out of Ringside News were that AEW and Impact's partnership had ended after Bound for Glory. So, you know, it it. Not to say that door is fully closed, but if anybody from Ring of Honor was thinking, well, I can go to Impact and maybe work some crossover stuff, you know, not necessarily unless they're still working, you know, NWA and stuff like that. But, you know, it's um, it's a weird situation. Ryan, what were what were you going to say before we kind of jumped all over you? Sorry. That's all right. So this goes to Dark. And where do you watch Ring of Honor or where do you watch Impact? All three kind of relate to me, which is. I don't like as much as dark is on YouTube and all, I don't think any three of them really utilize YouTube nearly as much as they should. Um, I've said, I've had this question from almost day one. Why the hell isn't darker elevation sponsored? You're talking almost a million views between the two a week. There are YouTube channels out there like now that get about the same amount of views a week that have formed whole companies. You could legitimately have a wrestling show that never left YouTube. If you, if you programmed it right and you sponsored it right and all that. So that being said, for an impact, they I know they do the one dollar YouTube thing, but their biggest problem is that there's a TV company and then a not a TV company. They have a weird two system thing there. But for like an AEW, in theory, if they start, I don't they could be making money on their YouTube and I don't know it because obviously there's some uh, partnerships there and stuff that, you know, you can make money off YouTube uh, commercials. But in theory, they could 
put out an entire another show that was just YouTube money and, and it would pay for itself, especially with all this talent. So there is an option there that could be something completely different, or there's an option for someone to buy by RRH. And if it's off Sinclair, just put it on YouTube and it probably would sustain itself. It's just a matter that wrestling seems to be very behind the times on that one, where you see all this other stuff going to, to these platforms or there's, there's other streaming services. I'm you know, look at all these streaming services that are hurting for something that gets consistent people, you know, you got uh, Hulu, Netflix, obviously can't go to Peacock, but HBO Max, Paramount. There's all these places that are dying for to get subscribers over. A cheap wrestling program that gets consistent views would be a nice way to get subscribers. So there's options if they're willing to, to look that way. It just seems everyone's been stuck on the TV money because WWE and AEW made so much on it. But you're not them. You can't go that route. But I do think AEW, I don't. I obviously don't think AEW buys everyone, but I also don't think there's a limit if they can properly program themselves other ways. It's used to what it's actually what drives me nuts about WWE is that they have all this talent, but main events useless, two of fives useless. They have all these shows that could be making them money and they do nothing with it. What do you think is a good number for a weekly wrestling show on YouTube? Like view view wise, you're talking yeah. about like number of yeah. views. <sighs> You know, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you only because, like, I go and watch uh, Dark and Dark Elevation after the fact, right? Like, I can't watch it live. Right. And I watch it after the fact. And I, I honestly don't even look at the views. I just put it on full screen on my phone and let it roll. I, I don't even look at that. I mean, they get God, dark. I, dark gets about 300. Elevation gets about four or five. That's a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, I mean, was just looking elevation, at elevation. Oh, sorry, Ian. No, I was just going to say, like, Elevation out of the those two shows seems to have, like, jumped to the top, right? Like, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily because, you know, um, you know, it's in front of a live crowd more often than Dark now because they're shooting it in, you know, uh, Orlando or or what. But, I mean... You know, it's it it is interesting to see how they've been able to essentially make it work. To Ryan's point, I'm shocked they don't have it somewhat sponsored. But you know, Ryan, you watch it live. There's no ads that run. But after, you know, after the fact, going back and watching it, there's a ton of ads thrown in. I mean, oh, they there all are, come in like, at the right time. So they may have an agreement with YouTube that gets them paid more on those ads because you can do that on the side. But you ever watch like uh, any podcast or anything like hey, bigger podcasts or bigger shows? They are they are average. They have advertisers separate. They have sponsors separate. This this stream is sponsored by ExpressVPN. This they have none of that. And like I rem I mean, still to this day it happens. But I especially remember growing up watching wrestling in the nineties. You'd have you know. WCW sponsored by Kester motor oil. And you'd be like, okay, that was like, none of that pops up. So it's not unusual for wrestling to have that kind of advertising. They just don't seem to, but I'm looking at the numbers right now. Now, last week on dark, they had Danielson, they had Adam Cole. So they got higher numbers, but they have 418,000 elevation had 305. Cause it didn't have like, they had a very short elevation again, but the week before 291 and again, two. So actually it was a little high. It's elevation hits the five, four fives when they have good wrestlers but it's about 250 each. So you're talking about 500,000 views, sometimes more if you put good guys on it. And if your roster expands to where you have all these good guys, 
it'll always be high talent on there. So I think you could make money on that if you wanted to, but I, they don't, they just, there seems to be some disconnect that this is, this is, that's a, you know, the route because TV money is so good, but it's, that's good. If you have the ability, if you don't, doesn't mean your wrestling company has to disappear. I also don't I mean, know if that's Matt, a fair barometer, did. though, because it's already it's a vehicle that's already hooked into a successful wrestling show. So but, to Matt's point, like what's what's the number? I look at Beyond Wrestling and they have two million, three million YouTube subscribers as an indie fed. But the, the views aren't there, which to me means one of two things. Um, their subscribers are either fake or they're not putting out content in a, a specific enough like way um, that it just kind of goes up there and people are uh, people watch it when they feel like it, like there's no expectation put in place. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know what that number is. Well, I think beyond did the, they started as a, as just doing YouTube and they got those subscribers then they went over to the pay the pay base on IWTV, and that's where they are now. That makes sense. <clears throat> Matt, my my question to you is going to be: Ring of Honor is the Honor Club, right? I mean, it's a paid subscription, and you also have their Honor Club. Also, uh, has the whole catalog, right? So you can go back and watch everything. Not not everything, but there's a lot on there, and it's not okay. the easiest. To be fair, it's not very easy to navigate. Like, if I want to watch Final Battle 08, I can't watch the whole show. I have to watch it match by match, which is very frustrating. Sure. But there is there is some sort of infrastructure there to hold their entire catalog. And for somebody, potentially, if they were to buy into it, would would obviously own that, right? So, I mean, a larger company, whoever it might be, or even an impact or whoever could essentially buy ring of honor, get that infrastructure and help blow it out. And you have now your own kind of service that you can expand to hold your own catalog. I mean, that's one way you could play it to Ryan's point too, is like, you know, I think I saw a, a week or two ago, you know, a short blurb about the fact that like AEW is possibly looking to leverage the HBO Max relationship to host some of their catalog, right? So like there are so those other services there. Now, is that going to push, you know, is that going to move the needle for HBO Max subscriptions? Eh, probably not. But like, you know, it's just, this whole thing is just weird because um, like everybody's kind of said, like, there were all these signings. They were kind of lining everything up. Things seemed to be going pretty well. And now all of a sudden, like the rug gets pulled out. Um, and, you know, there's just like, I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but there are so many ways you could think about kind of cost effectively doing it, getting your product out there, trying to find, you know, sponsorships to help float you along. And even with the Honor Club, you know, subscription, like that has to give you something that it just seems crazy that this is all just kind of like coming down now. Uh, it's just a really weird situation. It's like they're, uh, they're snake bitten. They can't get away from it. They put all their eggs in the elite basket before they ran that first pay-per-view show. And then they started AEW. So they lost the young bucks and Cody and Kenny and page. They put all their eggs in that basket and they decided yep. not to sign. And, and that hurt them. And then they kind of start the restart and then the stuff with Marty happens and then the pandemic happens 
And then they go through all that right. and they fucking restart again. And it's a fucking damn good product. In my opinion, I really enjoy the ring of honor product. Yeah. Uh, and it's just fucking sucks, man. It sucks hard. I'm really like, yeah, fucking super bummed about it. Like I got home in time tonight to watch dynamite. Um, and it was on in the background, but I really spent like the first 45 minutes just like fucking researching all this shit and looking and seeing what people are saying and what's going on. And I'm sending people messages and man, it's a fucking bummer, dude. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks no. hard. It, it's a, it's a real shitty situation. Um, and, and I agree. Like I don't watch uh ring of honor weekly, you know, uh, you know, on a consistent basis, but from what I watch, you know, ring of honor and being at those shows, everything is really top quality. You know, you get good matches, you get good stories. The fans at ring of honor shows are so into it. Um, that this sucks for the fan base. Uh, I think maybe most of, I mean the talent obviously, but for the fans who are so into this, um, this one sucks. So it'll be interesting to say the least, uh, to see kind of what happens here with ring of honor as the months go on. Uh, but I think we're going to move along now too. And I think before we get into uh, the AEW events of the night, cause we already covered rampage on Saturday night. Uh, I think we'll take a little break uh, here uh, to kind of hit our reset button. So um, Matt before mentioned the shining that, wizards. I, Mon- sure. I do just want to call out that like I, the first wrestling show that, we were ever at plus Danny minus Ryan. Um, like for me, that was the first ROH show I'd ever been to. And it was the road trip that I feel like I certainly, that was like the first time I got to know aunt and Danny. I think we had met one or two other times before that, Matt, I had known a little bit more, but not much. And like that experience, I feel like it almost in a lot of ways, like led to, to where we're at now with this podcast and like, I was just thinking about that a lot today of, um, you know, like the the community sense of of what is built around Ring of Honor, but also just like what a pivotal time that was for cementing our friendships, I feel like at least and how much fun that was. And I hadn't really been to any not a ton of indie shows at that point as a wrestling fan. So like heartstrings there too at least for me like I look back on that trip with so much joy and of course when we went in July and Matt was insane asking us if we've ever had dreams before and giggling like an idiot uh just with the idea of thinking about army crawling across the room to hang out with us and going to Camden Yards like it, it sucks for for that reason too but the those memories that and my young time as a, an ROH fan like very quickly were built around that. So just very thankful for those in addition to all of the, the bummer talk, but hopefully we get to explore more and we're definitely going to go to final battle. So hopefully it's just not yeah. like the finalist battle, <laughs> but you can talk about commercials now. I just wanted to be happy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks Kate. No, it's, uh, you know, you're right. No, that, that was really kind of the first time we all hung out, uh, like outside of, I guess, the few times we were with you, like on the Monday night show. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it was fun. We'll have another one. We know at least we'll have one more. Yes. In uh, sure. December. One more ride. 
for now. Um, but Matt mentioned it before the uh, Monday night podcast, the Shining Wizards flagship show, uh, our podcast, the Mark Order podcast. We're all part of the Shining Wizards network. But guys, did you know there are more shows on the Shining Wizards network? There's a no lot way. more shows, a lot more shows, quality programming for your ear holes. So right now we want to play uh, some words about those quality shows on the Shining Wizards uh, network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your hosts of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. 
Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right, we're back on the Mark Order podcast. Uh, We're going to get into Dynamite. We're going to touch on the rankings real quick. Just want to plug, as always, we got some cool... Oh, Kate changed shirts. I did. Let's talk about our stickers. We have have to talk about the stickers. We have our Mark Order podcast stickers that you can request for free. Just uh, find us on our social channels at Mark Order Pod. Uh, and slide up in our DMs uh, with your name and address, and we will get them sent right out. Uh, they go out worldwide, so wherever you are, if you want stickers, just let us know, and we'll send them out. Guys, we're almost out of stickers. I have to do a reorder at some point. Maybe I was saying last week to Ryan, maybe we do a different design. Uh, maybe Ooh. just a hand logo with the mic. That might be fun. A circle sticker. Yeah, we can figure it out. Maybe we'll thirst trap Kate sticker. Who knows? Uh, Kate's <laughs> Kate's going to have to fund that herself, though. I'm not going to fund Kate's thirst trap photos. Well, of anything, that's the ones that other people should be funding. I feel like they're going to get a ton of traction, and I don't feel like I should have to pay for a sticker of my own self. I'm not paying. So I, have, for sure. I have a shoot question. Yeah. Is there a picture of a gal in a bikini that isn't a thirst trap? Or is it a thirst trap by nature of being a girl in a bikini? Because that wasn't intended to be one. But then I looked at it and I was like, well, it kind of is. But I wasn't like, this is a thirst trap. You know what I mean? You don't have to be this is a thir- tra- thirst trap. You're showing off them hitters, son. Here's the thing. If you were... If someone took the picture of you and you didn't know, it doesn't classify as a thirst trap. But when you take a selfie of yourself, angle down, it's a thirst trap. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. I don't know the rules. I don't do this very often. I mean, I do it all the time. So I know depending on which course, angle. Yeah. And we'll put, I, no, I, I know. Yeah. You spend most of your time doing the HBK playgirl spread. Learn your rules. You've got to learn your rules. rules. But I did My have goodness. a costume change. How astute of you to notice, Ant. Yeah. Matthew, totally rocking that, uh, away. Keeps rocking that 10-year anniversary shirt, Matt. I know. I Look, I am grateful. I am appreciative of it. Appreciative of it. Um, I love it. It's fantastic. 10 years in about, I don't know, fucking three weeks. Oh, my God. And, and if you went- want yours... You Thank can, you. you can I reach out I, to look, the You guys wizards. know I'm not great at chilling my shit on this show because this is not about me. I'm just a cog in the wheel here. I know, but I alley-ooped you, brother. Come on. 
Look, I get my balls busted. I'm not here every week. This is not a platform for me to shill the show, the show that I'm on every Monday night. All right. I have to up my attendance here before I can do that. Out of respect to you, lovely folks that are here. So fine. We'll shill it. Follow the Shining Wizards. They tell you how to get one. Get a shirt. Their gear is always cool. Yeah. Y'all make money at usually comes back to benefit us in some way. So yes, I'm (laughs) we can shill for you. Very true. Right, fair enough. Thanks. At Wizards Podcast on all social media platforms. You could pay Palace $20 and we'll send you a nifty shirt, a nifty pen, and a nifty bottle opener in the United States only. Uh, if you support us uh, internationally, God bless you. Uh, and if you are crazy enough to pay $50 for a fucking t-shirt and some jingle jangles, bring it on over. But until we figure that out, we're just shipping these things in the United States because international shipping is bonkers. Well, very good plug, Matthew. That's an A-plus for tonight. Thanks. Easy with the full name there, Chief. Come on now. I just said Matthew. Matthew. I know. Don't Matthew. No, Matthew. Wrong button. Whoever hit that. Me. (laughs) My goodness. Well, guys, uh, we haven't had rankings in a few weeks because I feel like they don't do it when the shows are on the weekend. So we can run through the rankings real quick just so we're all on the same play page. Uh, Matt, the uh, banner says that you're going to wrap the rankings. Now, uh, I did not make the banner, so if that was discussed, uh, you are more than happy to take it away. No, that's uh, some fake news, my friend. It's on the Sorry, banner. That's you what I figured. I see, I see it right in front of me. I feel like Matt should probably wrap the rankings. I don't even know who's on the fucking rankings. Matt should wrap the rankings. <laughs> well, Ant can put them up. And then we'll tell you, and then you'll know. Oh, look at fucking producer fucking schlong over here. Oh. You got those. Put them, put them up there, Ant. Let's go. Well, it's nice for somebody else to be producing the show. I enjoy it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I didn't really have a. Talking? I'm not rapping. I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, I just want I mean, to point out that Ryan said... Schlong has never wrapped the ranking. <laughs> not that once. My camera. <laughs> Not once has Ryan Schlong wrapped the rankings. That is very right. true. He steals Schlong, my background. He steals my bangs gimmick. He won't rap. Stole your name. No. He stole my Are name. bangs an exclusive gimmick, Kate? Um, On this podcast, yes, because you guys are all boys. <laughs> what about that little Asian kid? Aren't you stealing his gimmick? She bangs. She bangs. Whoa, whoa, she bangs. William whoa. Hung? And what division Hung. do we start with? <laughs> Hold on. I'm pulling it up, and you'll I see. I got him up. What division Schlong, do we pull? Schlong's got, he's all over it. He's producing like a motherfucker hey, over there. Everybody he's be relaxed. Like... Here we go. Let's do, uh, let's do the men first. We got Kenny Omega, and he's the best. We got Sammy Guevara, and he's the best. We got Adam Page, and he's the best. We got Orange Cassidy, and he's the best. We got John Oxley, and he's the best. We got Miro. Guess what? He's the best. We got number 10, and he's not number 10 because he's number 5 on the rankings, just like Kate would do it. Mm. I would have made one of them, like, rest. But other than that, I don't know. I heard best when you rapped, like just like the entire time. Oh, the springtime thinks that it's the best. (laughs) 
winter wow. season has kind of a strong. <laughs> Nothing beats the cookie season. That's the truth. That's a Thank deep you, cut. Thank you, Kevin Malone. No, no, no. Office. You I'm think people you. know that one? You should. Yes. You should. 100%. Schlong, we got DMD, champ of dynamite. We got Tay Conti, number one contender. You got Jade Cargill and Christelle Thunder Rosa, and Nyla Rose. This is what we call working yourself into a shoot because now Ryan's going to do it every week. No, he's not. <laughs> Sorry, I'll have to check yeah. in with our producer, Ryan Schlong. God damn. Killing the rap. It would be nice if Ryan Schlong was producing. Ryan does all the banners. He does something. Here you go, Schlong tag teams. Ninja Bros, Mexican. You got FTR and the Elite. Well, Young Bucks. You got uh, Jungle Jurassic Express and Private Party and the Acclaimed. Listen, I lost it because that guy was going to say Lucha Express. I got all over the place. I think you're tanking. So that Matt will yeah. jump back well, in. Jeez, I can't. No, talk. I legitimately got confused. I was going to say Lucha Express, and I lost me. <sighs> well, because I, I guess to do because Schlong Lucha Zero. Bros theme. Zero. I guess. I guess since Schlong's not going to close it out, uh, FTR the Young I just Bucks sucked. Jurassic Express. Oh my you god! Well, you're killing the gimmick, you guys. <laughs> and no, Schlong, you did not even close out. You, yes, I did. I finished with did. the acclaimed. Oh, okay. Oh, do better. Yeah, you better do better next time. Be better. <laughs> Just be. I stepped better. up. Where were you, Kate? Uh, making you do it because <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> Aaron Cotter wanted me to monster match the rankings. Sorry, I've used that song on my live tweets. I can't reuse them. You really could. I bet you it sounds better than whatever bad version of fucking TNT by ACDC you just did. I go fuck yourself. Touche. Please don't oh, talk man. like that in front of my Mariano Rivera black. <laughs> Respect. Please. Respect. So those were the rankings. And guys, I have to say something positive about the rankings. Oh boy. This that means the show is this show's getting cut tomorrow. We're getting fucking <laughs> ROH. Kate's gonna say something good about the rankings. It's a wrap. It's a rap that makes something on the show a rap, you know what I mean? Uh they used the rankings to see the women's tournament, which oh, makes sense. Like it makes sense that you had them and that you used them for a tournament like you would in a sport. So that is my positive thing to say about the rankings. Also, I think the only song I can rap part of is Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Just saying. No. I, would t- I wouldn't it's tell not a positive. That. Yeah. It's Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six Gunnerness from the Runnerness. Buffalo Soldier. Look, it's like I told you. I've created a monster. I mean, <laughs> what the I'm fuck just... are you talking about? This is... uh. This is where I try to keep moving, and then people keep singing and rapping. Fine, I'll help you out. Finally, somebody producing. Um, so uh, we open up Dynamite. Our first match. The- Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, Matt, Go ahead. Say what, are, what are these? What are these douchey, douchey 
banners here. Long it's Halloween. I got crazy. Yeah, you got crazy. Talk you called him by his birth name, Robert, instead of Bobby. <laughs> Dingleberry. <laughs> Listen to your hand job. <sighs> good at. I'm, I know what I'm good at. I don't know what to tell you. It's very true. Well, now we have a name um, we, for the episode: Dingleberry's hand job. Well, Robert get Fish hits. and Long Pants Punk. What an opener! Yes. I actually uh I referred to him as CM Pants in the uh in the Discord earlier tonight. See, it's not just me. Um Aunt made a pun. No, but you, I just put CM Pants. Um Pants Did Matt just with die? Fish. <laughs> Oh my god, Matt just corpsed because of CM Pants, I think. Or I his jack him. went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> it came out my nose. <laughs> Wow, I got him with CM Pants? That's all it takes? CM Pants? That's all it takes, my friend. I think it was the disgust of these terrible puns. (laughs) It hurts. It burns. (laughs) If you're not watching along on the the StreamYard or the Facebooks, you really ought to be just to see Matt. Anthony Monet. Anthony Monet, why don't you tell us about this match? You wanted me to produce. I'm helping out. Jesus, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I, I'm just start I saying mean, like camera one, camera one over to camera yeah, two. Just start calling out Jesus. You know, <laughs> Schlong's really come into his own over these past couple right? months. Nelly's asshole, get the close up, get the close up on Nelly's asshole. For those right. of you watching zoom for the first in. time, wrong one. Come on, wrong one. Boo. I don't know how to zoom in on a specific one. To be quite You're honest, fired. You don't. Just don't mess with it. Kate, you, just, you could you do just it. Hit the solo you... layout button. I did, but it went to Ant. Kate, you could do it, but you don't have the, the ability to log in a StreamYard. I never said I wanted how to be about, a producer. I'm just how about talent. how about we talk about CM Punk and Bobby Fish and not about the inner workings of StreamYard because nobody gives a fuck about uh. that. <laughs> I care. Uh and well, Kate, you care about CM Punk, so I why don't do. you talk about this match? Uh, we should we should quickly at least mention that CM Punk did wind a uh, CM Punk did wind up uh, winning this match by pinfall uh, with the go to sleep. My God! Uh, yeah, I really this is gonna surprise you guys. I'm I don't like this CM Punk fella. I think that this match was great. It's uh he he's really good at telling a different story every time but he is telling the same story about needing to really scratch and claw for these victories that he's that he's getting like CM Punk has made you really feel like he's earning these wins which is great like it it makes you feel invested in every match this was the same they kicked the shit out of each other <laughs> Like Bobby Fish and CM Punk just kicked the shit out of each other. But I really like the way that they're building this out with Punk. And I I think it's really fun. I think I've said this in past weeks too. Like the juxtaposition of what he's doing with what like Daniel Bryan's doing and having them come in at the same time and be on two totally different paths is something that's super fun. Cause I feel like that could get a little overlappy of like, 
these two guys that were huge fixtures in a previous company about the same age. Like, I think it's really, really fun to watch everybody play to their strengths so much in this company. And this was another nice example of that. You know, Punk was putting over some young kids. He's kind of putting over this young 43-year-old kid and, and Bobby Fish. <laughs> but this was nice. This was different. Seidel was very different from what we had seen. So I I really liked this as an opener. And it was kind of fun not to have a hot tag opener, but to, to go here instead. And they just really laid their shit in a lot of kicks. And I liked that uh, Fish almost kicked out because of the, the bum knee. I, th- I thought that was a really nice touch. Like, I like nuanced storytelling. It's really refreshing. So great stuff. Uh, a really strong opener. And I don't know. I'm a punk, Mark. I just It still makes me really excited to see him get back in the ring. Like, it's very, very fun for that to... It, it, it hasn't worn off yet, whatever that magic for me is. <laughs> Yeah, I did like this story they told with Punk's knee throughout the match. I thought that that was a nice, uh, a nice part of kind of the back and forth, especially because like at one point, you know, Punk was going for the go to sleep, and the counter was the dragon screw, right? So it's just back to the knee. Um, <clears throat> and I was saying, uh, I was, you know, we were chatting, or I was in the Discord as Dynamite was going on tonight, and um, I was saying it'll be interesting to see if like whoever goes after Punk next, like you know exploits that like weakness that has shown up like his knee's a problem so we'll see if that story continues with anybody else um shlong what'd you think of the opener love the match um i've always said i like stories told in a match more than i like awesome i mean this had awesome moves but i like stories and this had a great story of two guys who knew each other bobby fish being a very hard-hitting guy and targeting punk's knee punk sold the knee the entire match goes off to the top row for a move has to jump off with one leg which i thought you don't see that a lot you, you even when guys are feigning a leg injury they still use both legs to jump he used both to settle himself obviously but only one to jump i like how it played into the finisher where he hit the, the go to sleep but he hit it with the bad knee so he had to take time to get there so bobby fish almost kicked out like i actually thought he did i, I think the timing might have been off but either way which not that Bobby Fish need to be protected, but it saves you a story. It actually gives you a character for him because he can claim he was robbed. He, he can go a bunch of places now with that. But it also was another match with Punk. And I love the story they're telling, which is they actually pointed it out in this this uh, in this match commentary did where it's like you can tell like this is Punk's, I forget whatever amount of matches coming back. Very different than Daniel Bryan who's been wrestling all these years. I like that they're actually pointing that out, that this is the story. He's still finding himself. So at some point, the story is going to be either someone beats him and he comes back a totally different guy because he finally has that loss on comeback or he gets over the the, the hump of all the ring rust and he becomes a different guy just because he's better again. So either way, they have plenty of places to go. And I really, you know, Bobby Fish was a really good pickup on their part because he's such a good competitor. Yeah, I think that this was one of the the few matches with Punk. Well, I think the only one really where he wasn't kind of utilizing startup talent with the company, but it worked. Um, I I liked it. Uh, Matt, I know you said you were a little preoccupied during the opener. Did you see enough of this to comment? I did. I thought, uh, look, Bobby Fish fills a role. Uh, he's a name. He's name recognition. Uh, he's going to go in there and he's going to work these great matches. Uh, with the likes of CM Punk and, and Brian Danielson. And uh, 
I mean, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. They told a great story in the ring. And, uh, yeah, it was just a great wrestling match. And I think that's something that kind of people maybe look past. They're they're used to all the bells and whistles and the entertainment that they're not used to seeing a wrestling match. And I thought these guys uh, did a great job of it. So thumbs up all around for Long Pants Punk and Robert Fish. Kevin says he can't take Bobby Fish seriously until he gets a win against someone other than Anthony Green. I disagree. I think um, I think I mean he's got enough of a name. He doesn't need that win. He doesn't need wins. He's got a name. Yeah, but if rankings are a thing, he should. He'll he should never be ranked. Win. I well, I don't know about that. God, like he'll go, he'll he'll go on dark and he'll get his wins on dark. Not if Kyle O'Reilly comes over. Like this is this is the thing. But he. Uh, to Kevin's point, like he, I kind of agree with him, which Kevin and I disagree a lot in a good way, in a healthy way, uh, <laughs> on wrestling. But I, I also think you have time with Bobby Fish. Like I don't think he needs to start winning right now necessarily. But yeah, he's he, he, he's, he's Matt a, Seidel, he's a hard hitting gi- jobber right now. <laughs> like he's a, gotta, he's a hard hitting Matt Seidel. He's gonna get his wins on on dark to keep him as like, Hey, I've got wins on my record, but anytime he goes against a name talent, like a real name talent, he's going to lose, but everyone's going to be okay with it because he's so established that you're always going to take him seriously. I don't know. Not if all the undisputed era ends up over there. You're assuming they'll even well, tell that I mean, story. You got it. Right. I mean, it's but all got to fall the right way. Oh, come on, yeah, Adam Cole I, being trapped between his loves? How much fun is that? Uh, you just put fucking Red Dragon back together and let them wreak havoc oh. in the tag team division. That's fair. You don't have also re- someone who can turn on at any moment. You don't have to recreate everything the fucking WWE does. No, but I think that's so fun with the way the Bucks have been and then having Undisputed Era, like this divorced parent with Adam Cole in the middle thing feels like a very fun and obvious story, but to... So Ryan's point, they're very good at just turning up the heat on someone that when they want them to be in the spotlight. And Bobby Fish has been there like a month. So, but I agree with him. Some wins would be good, but this was, as far as the match goes, great. And you also have to look at who they put Bobby Fish in the ring with. He's there for, he's there for a reason. He's a ring veteran. He knows what he's doing with all due respect to the, to powerhouse Hobbs and, and, uh, you know, any other young guys you're going to put in there with the Punk and the Brian Danielsons, he knows what he's going to do. He's going to protect these guys, and he's going to get a good match out of them. And I think that's what they want to do. And if, for someone like Punk, who has to shake the ring rust, I think it fits. And they put on a great match tonight, so I can't complain about it. And he looked strong he did. in that match. And the fact that he kicked out at 3.1 seconds, that is a story he can tell if he wants to. I, yeah, I, I don't reps. have a problem with I just don't have a problem with the way they're using Bobby Fish right now because I don't think he's got to be in uh, any sort of major picture. He's just a player right now. Get whatever use you need out of him when you need to put him in any sort of, you know, kind of feud or anything. You know, you can turn it on. Uh, somebody else before this is actually a, a good point to bring up somebody in the discord before. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Liddy. Um was saying that, you know, he feels they need to give Punk something of substance, you know, some sort of real feud to get involved with. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But again, I'm sort of in the same boat. I don't think that Punk needs to be in any sort of title chase or, you know, major kind of story at the top of the chain. I think that you just let him do what he's doing right now. Uh, 
And again, when they want to turn on Punk and give him something huge to run on, they'll give it to him. They just don't need it right now. You've got the Hangman story playing out. You've got, you know, the Sammy Guevara story with the inner circle and, you know, American top team. You know, where would you want to insert Punk into? You've got MJF and Darby. Where is there to put Punk? You don't need it right now. You don't need it right now. And I think what you do is you have him rack up a bunch of wins and then uh, you get your drunk cowboy versus your straight edge guy. And that is your CM Punk heel turn. I don't think he beats Paige, but I think that's his first loss. And I think he turns into a nasty son of a bitch. So I'm fine. I would like like maybe a, a little bit of a longer program with someone. But I, to me, if I'm booking CM Punk, we're clearing this pay-per-view. And then eventually he's working his his way to to Paige, and there's gonna be just a, a baby face friction there, and then you turn him after that. I think that is like so much money, and I think the timing works for a punk heel turn with that. I think that could the shininess is worn off a little bit. You can make him a bad guy, and people will buy it for you. <clears throat> I don't disagree with it. Uh, we move on. From that match, we get a Malachi Black promo. He's talking about Cody Rhodes uh, and says he made the whole family lose faith in him, splitting the Nightmare family and made uh, the whole crowd hate him. If you thought this was about pinfalls, think again, because the house always wins. A very quick promo from Malachi. I don't know if anybody wants to mention anything here, but we will talk about Malachi again later. Just that he's cool as fuck. Like for someone who is talks in riddles a little bit a lot, this promo I loved. I was like, what a fucking badass. Like, this wasn't about wins for me. This was about dismantling Cody Rhodes. That's pretty much all he said, and I right. loved it. <laughs> yeah. He's so it cool. Was, uh, Mal- Malachi Black doing cool Malachi Black stuff that gets the fans to love him, even though he's a heel. There it um, is. But what can you do? Uh, we move on from this uh, to uh, Bryce Donovan versus MJF. Uh, let me tell you something. It doesn't even get going. MJF wins by pinfall with the Heat Seeker. And then post-match, he grabs the mic, runs down uh, Boston, um, and says, uh, pinning shoulders on mats and banging rats is what he does best. But he's going to have to skip the rats tonight because he'd rather shove his junk in a blender then go out anywhere near your disgusting fat women. My favorite part of that was when he did an impression of everyone's mother and calls the local accent disgusting. Uh, he, I think he said, uh, had a, had a, that was my favorite part of that. Um, but he also went to run down a Darby Allen saying he made a mistake interrupting him when he was telling everyone he deserves to be the, the AEW world champion. Uh, and now he's too scared to show up to work. Um, and, uh, you know, MJF says he's uh, he'd be scared too, given he just knocked Sting out with his beautiful dynamite diamond ring. He doesn't care who leaves with the title after full gear. Uh, you're looking at the past, present and the future. Sting's music plays, but MJF uh, falls over laughing at the crowd for falling for the trick. Uh, but then the lights go out, uh, and it's a weird remix of MJF's music with a video package of Darby beating up some guy who's dressed up at MJF at some sort of concert. 
Uh, and then back in the arena, Sting is in the ring. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, there's somebody in the ring. Uh, does anybody know or can they tell me who's in the ring? It's Sting! That's right. Sting is in the ring. Uh, Sean Spears and Morlow get beat up with the baseball bat. MJF runs away, but Darby Allen's in the crowd in a trench coat. Uh, MJF runs and Darby gets a skateboard with tax. Wardlow takes the tax. The accountability buddies uh, get their asses beat down this week. And uh, Darby Allen challenges to MJF to their match at full gear. We go to break. Matthew. Anthony. You were shaking uh, your head over there. Yes, I cannot deal with Darby avant-garde because with these fucking dumb fucking videos, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't get, I don't know. Was it a concert? I don't know what was going on. Darby avant-garde. I can't just be fucking. I don't know. I get it. I get it. You're fucking mysterious. You want to try new, fun, entertaining things. You want to show us who you... I just don't give a shit. I don't care. Uh, two things I really liked about this. When they played Sting's theme music and MJF and Sean Spears were having a good laugh, Wardlow was not entertained because he wasn't in on the joke. And you could tell that because he stands his ground at the at the... Uh, by the where you know the ramp and he's like looking to fucking brawl with sting and then mjf's laughing his little balls off and he looked seriously annoyed so there's like little that little thing where they're planting the seeds there uh, that was the only thing i liked about this i don't know why i said there's two things that was the only thing i liked about this i mean mjf can cut a fuck a fucking hell of a promo i just i can't with this fucking darby allen and his fucking feelings and these fucking stupid fucking videos well, Just Matt, be a cool you... fucking skateboarder, dude, man. But Matt, you know that Darby's an artist. He does doo-doo art. And until he does doo-doo art on fucking TNT or TBS, I don't care. Right? The and... weird videos, he's setting fucking people on fire. He's dragging them around by a car. He's jumping out of airplanes in a body bag. But then he's okay and he can ride. Like, what? I don't understand. I don't understand the way you express yourself, Darby. He's, he's an artiste. Get on your fucking skateboard. Tony Hawk your ass to the ring. Hit somebody with that shit. Do some cool flips. Call it a day with your skull face. Terrible Halloween costume, too, for him for Halloween. So fucking trench coat. Come on. Yeah, I don't know what the whoa, inspector whoa, 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 whoa. information was. That, that's not who that was. You guys don't know who that was? It was the Invisible Man. I, I missed the whole thing. I think I was getting a slice of pizza. Didn't so he have his face wrapped too? I didn't see. I don't know. I did see the trench coat, which I'm with Matt. At the moment I saw the trench coat, I was like a like the quintessential brown trench coat that you would expect like some private eye to be wearing as he's patrolling the rainy streets of Boston. Uh was a little odd. Well, maybe next week we'll just get a video of a skateboard just going down the street and then he'll just <laughs> pop off of it and be like, I'm the invisible man. Yeah, he was the invisible man. That was like a, an old Fucking movie. You guys saw I know what it was. He's a hand job, yeah. right? <laughs> this Good is look. like the first time Matt's ever like kind of 
Go to your go to your fucking coffee shop and do your weird fucking flip skate trips outside. You fucking hand job. So you truly see so you got you got avant garded map because in a way because you hated this art so much it was doo doo art after all. I guess so. He got you. He ribbed you. Uh, I don't have a problem with it nearly as much as Matt does. It wasn't my favorite thing, but if they're trying to tell the story of MJF did not get in Darby's head, that came across. It was nice to see MJF go out there and squash someone. I loved commentary saying, oh, I guess MJF felt his quarterly obligation to wrestle. That really cracked me up. Another thing that I had in my notes that I forgot to mention was for some reason... I was laughing hysterically at JR saying, Tope Suicida. I could not stop laughing at JR just saying the phrase, Tope Suicida. It just, my goodness, tears calling from my eyes. Uh, I mean, MJF said that they're a town of fans that are losers. And as someone that hates the Red Sox, that was fun to hear. I loved the I'd rather shove my junk in a blender line. And I also just appreciated his delivery of being like, oh my God, people from Massachusetts are so dumb. Because it just, he sounded like a white girl and it made me laugh. Uh, so I, th- I thought this was fine. I didn't have the problems with it that Matt did. Wasn't my favorite promo, but also not the worst. So I guess I'll tell you what I liked. Oh, please enlighten us, fucking positive Pete. <laughs> You're such a hand job, Matt. It's about time you figured it out. Uh, I, I picked that out pretty early on. No, I actually met. Actually, fairness, when I when I poured my vanilla chai tea and I sat down to watch this Darby Allen segment, I was like, "This is very vanilla chai tea." That actually sounds great. I'm not gonna lie. It's delicious. I don't, I don't know. It is delicious. I don't understand where that comes in with me. I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna fucking pontificate on how amazing his artistic skills what you, are. What did you just do? You just pontificated on how much you didn't like it. Listen, you Mark. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> there you go. Because the funny thing was, I was gonna agree with you and say I don't like the movie shit. Oh, but now you're gonna disagree with me. Yeah, now I'm gonna say you're an idiot and say it's amazing. Well, you're just contradicting yourself, sir. Yes, I am. But I can do that because I'm Matt. Oh, please show up dressed as me next week. I, I don't have to do much. You just have just to change your voice. Come on, you fucking a wrestling hand jobs. Get rid of that fucking messy hat. My, my pillow buddies and my figures. Hello. I'm really worried to say that he's got figures because I'm going to butcher that word in a bad way. Um, <laughs> so you have to be careful. Yeah, so anyway, I don't like the video. I liked everything after, especially the fact that MJF, once again, did not take any of the violence from Darby or Sting, and Wardlow got his ass kicked. Because this is leading to the bigger story of Wardlow turning on MJF. And I want that story. Darby and MJF is a match I really want. I'm very excited for it, but I think they have to get away from these weird Darby things, like Matt said, and just have him be more in-ring, more in-arena stuff, and just have him come out, kick your ass, and move on. That's where he's best. Is that is that good, Matt? Did I pontificate enough? What? You fucking hand job. I hear your voice, and I just it's all like white noise. I'm sorry. 
Well, moving on, we get Britt Baker <laughs> backstage with Tony Schiavone, and Tony informs uh, Britt that she'll be in a trick-or-treat match against Abaddon on Rampage because she walked out on a match against her on the Jericho cruise. Kate, is there truth to that? There is truth to that. They did have a rematch the next night, but I was there. And it did happen. I can confirm. I'll be your source. Well, uh, it's going to be a no disqualification match. And if Abaddon wins, she gets a title shot. Uh, so um, that's all that really happened there with uh, Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. Um, she called Jamie Hayter and Rebel a bunch of tricks. Well, they're her tricks, I guess. That's true. Jamie Hayter in person. I, it, I, Did you touch her butt? I, no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't harass I'm gonna, anybody on the cruise. I didn't even harass Kate, Peter Avalon. <laughs> Kate, I have to ask f- for Matt. Um, how about that coolie? My good. I, she walked by and I just went... <laughs> She's just the most beautiful person. And like, yeah, no, you just, you got to see her in person up close. It's worth it. And yeah, All right, her, butt look, her butt look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you, we'll I get just that like, match Friday night. It was like an 80s movie where like everything goes into slow-mo and the wind is blowing in her hair. <laughs> just, and it was like she was passing me at an Irish pub on the boat. So it was just very unexpected. You can't have any other reaction. It's ridiculous. She's stunning. Kate, right, I actually right. forgot to a- I forgot to ask you. I have to jump back to the cruise real quick. Uh, I forgot to ask. Uh, any awkward moments where you were hit on? Um... Like, were you as much a unicorn as you were in the past? Always a unicorn. And and weird because people, like, kind of recognized me a couple times. So that was very weird, especially for my friend. My horn can reach the sky. (laughs) My horn can pierce the sky. Sorry. I'm, listen, I'm. There was one person who recognized me and was very weird. And then there was another person who just was weird by the pool. (laughs) But. Other than that, nice. not too bad. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, like, looking at you standing up against that sucky thing on the side of the pool. Hey, Kate. <laughs> thing? You know, He's talking about the return to the pool, but. Oh. Yeah, the thing in the pool that sucks. That's sucky thing. You're just fucking standing in front of it. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> study them long enough to try and learn that. What's next? Oh, Talk to us. Uh, we had all ego Ethan Page versus Sammy Guevara um, for the AEW TNT Championship. Uh, Sammy Guevara wins by pinfall with a jackknife pin to retain the TNT Championship. Post-match, um, Ethan Page does an attack and Scorpio Sky joins in, but the inner circle makes the save. Uh, the minute of the year get away uh, and the inner circle are basically hanging out with uh, Sammy Guevara. Jericho calls Scorpio Sky out, says he respects him for beating him twice. But Sammy, uh, since Sammy won, it's going to be a 10-man 
uh, match between Paige and Sky and American Top Team in the Inner Circle. And Tony Khan has made it a Minneapolis street fight. Boy, a lot of these towns have street fights. It's awfully scary out there. Um, at full gear, at full gear, the Inner Circle is going to kick their effing asses. Uh, so. Uh, Schlong, what do you think of the match and uh, the uh, now Minneapolis street fight for full gear? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So first of all, you're missing the most important part of Jericho's promo, where he pointed out that Ethan Page beats his meat. So and they're not a chance of beating apology. his meat. So Jericho's still going down that path. Um, it was a really good match. It was actually an awesome match. Sammy Gavard is awesome and he that reversal out of um that into the hurricane runner or frankensteiner as it should be called was awesome just everything about him it's very believable style and oh fuck man what why do you have a belt <laughs> fucking champ what do you want it what kind of double question is that Whatever. champ of what i've got a belt somewhere behind me too no champ of what fucking talk about the match champ of what Champ, champ, Son. champ, champ of what? What? It's neither the time nor the place, Schlong. Then why do you have the belt? Because I'm the champ. Oh my of goodness! What? Please continue to talk about the match, sir. I was invested in your conversation. So we're talking about titles that matter, like the TNT title. Um, unlike some other titles. So it was an awesome match. I expected nothing less, and I'm not really looking. I mean, I guess the Minneapolis, the Minneapolis street fight will be fun, so there's that, but I'm okay with this story ending. Catherine? Kate, uh, your thoughts? I <clears throat> Okay, I tried to have independent thoughts of people that I co-host with, but I do have to say my Tuesday night co-host has pointed out that Jericho has really turned into like, like dad rock guy. And I don't know if it was just being on the cruise with him for a week, but it is getting a little old to have like this 12 year old boy humor wrapped up in like a 60 year old man's body. <laughs> it's kind of wearing thin. I don't need the masturbation jokes or the weird, like who's on top jokes, but I am excited uh, I was excited for the match. I thought the match was fantastic. I was not surprised. Ethan Page is great. Sammy Guevara is great. Their ring styles are similar enough in the right ways and different enough in the right ways that I thought they had really great chemistry. I don't know if I need this five-on-five five bullshit with these two groups. I kind of just want this whole thing to end. What do you think, Hitman belt holder man? He took his headphones off because he's pissed off that he said well, put the belt away. No, uh, I don't think he's. No, he's going to get another belt. Off. Well, no, he's, he's not pissed off. Yeah, but he has to show got, off that he has two belts. He's got that yeah. shining wizard's belt. He won't mention his t-shirt, but he'll bring his shining wizard's belt on to the show. He earned Matt, it. what did you think about the match and the Jericho promo? Uh, I thought the match was fantastic. The idea of Tony Nese being shown in the crowd and thinking that him versus Sammy Guevara is a match I desperately want to see because I think it would be phenomenal. Um, 
the I, I'm kind of in the same like Street Fight is done to protect the American Top Team guys. Uh, it's what they do when they have these non wrestlers, you know. And when like Sting comes back, they're not going to put him in a wrestling match. He's in a street fight. Um, we're kind of done with it. I'm done with the this match, this feud. Oof, I think it's seen better days, kid. Um, the promo was fine. Uh, just so you know, Kate, you never beat me, so we'll just get that out of the no, way. No, but I did beat Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's not here because he's a fucking loser, okay? Um, but yeah, I don't um, let full gear come and go. I don't see how anyone uh, wins with this American Top Team thing, but let's just get it over with. Yeah, I am, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with American Top Team. Uh, Asian I Joe is also- actually saying that He's going to use the Minneapolis street fight as his bathroom break at full gear. That's a bold statement. Bold statement. Are Just the, don't miss the singing intro. Are the streets of Minneapolis known for their ruckus street fights? Do we have to name them all after a town? I mean, do you recall what happened last summer? It was riots and everything in Minneapolis. It is a dangerous place, Kate. All right, fair enough. I also don't understand why we have a reunited inner circle when we made such a big deal about the fact that they never disbanded. That's annoying. <laughs> I agree. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there. I was kind of thinking that tonight. They keep talking about reunited and in my brain. I'm like, but they never broke up. They yeah, they made like a huge thing. deal of it. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been a better story had they said, hey, guys, we're like we're all doing our own thing. Let's go our separate ways. And then they came back together, you know, like that obviously would be a different story. Uh, but moving on from this, Tony Schiavone is interviewing Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston backstage. Um, Eddie Kingston takes offense to Danielson saying he doesn't work hard and talks about how depression turns into anger and he's living his dream. So he's done listening. And then he walks away. And Brian says uh, that, uh, that's uh, the Eddie Kingston he wants to see. There's so many people in the locker room that go through the same thing. People in general going through the same uh, thing. And he's going to go ahead and prove that he's the best. We go to break. Uh, Kate, uh, I'd <laughs> like to get your take on an Eddie Kingston promo because you're an Eddie Kingston, Mark. I love this story. <clears throat> Matt's mocking me for those of you listening in podcast form. I don't know why he's being such a little bitch about everything, but no, I'm quail I, man. I really love what they've done with Danielson and Kingston. The promo that they had last week where Eddie Kingston is just doing everything in his power, not to absolutely murder Daniel Bryan until, or I'm sorry, Brian Danielson until they get to this match is such a fun story because it's like it's not him getting ramped up it's him trying to control himself because he's so pissed off and then today he comes out and says he takes his Zoloft just so that he cannot murder him basically I thought was awesome and I love Danielson being like that's the guy I want to see this is a really great way to have two guys that are faces feel like there's a very real story here that they actually want to kick the shit out of each other and it doesn't have to be there's a good guy and there's a bad guy. They're just very, very, very different baby faces. So I I think this is extremely well done. And I think 
this is what tournaments should be used for other than crowning a winner, right? To set up stories like this. So I, I can't wait to see this. I think this is going to be an absolute blast. And that's a sweet belt. I mean, everybody had belts out. I felt uh, left out. It's um, definitely the best. But it does feel good to does feel good to hold a strap while you're talking here. Um, Shlong, what did you think of the promo? Anything you want to talk about? I mean, the promo was awesome. I kind of had to laugh at Eddie Kingston's part. Like, congratulations, you have mental issues. Does that make us equal? Don't think so. Uh, myself, Matt. I beat myself with this every night. Um, oh, you didn't see board. Wow. You never saw Boardwalk Empire. No. Didn't he like beat himself? Didn't the guy Michael Shannon play beat himself with a, a belt? I don't know because I never no saw idea. it. No kind of okay. Anyway. Well, if you're into beating yourself with a belt, follow Ryan Schlong on Twitter <laughs> at Mark Order Pod. Please send all your D- weird DMs to him. He's the only one. And I'll pass him no, on don't. to Kate because she loves him. No, no, but so anyway. I love the notifications. I get to see the weirdness, the one-sided conversations that Ryan has in the DMs. Oh, yeah. I don't have many. There's, there's enough for me to enjoy myself. I'm a weird dude. Roll with it. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. The Zola offline just made me laugh more than it made me do anything. Like, okay. Congrats. It didn't come off the same way to me as it did to others, I guess. Well, I think he was, Matt. to me, that read as, like, I have to do all of these things to not murder you. Like, that's what I loved about it. I thought it was just like, but, but these are the steps it, I have to go to to take care of my mental health, to not kill you right now so that I can basically it, kill you later. But I is think Zoloft an anti-murder drug? I don't think it is. Yeah, Mike Tyson was uh, on it. Yes. Mike Tyson takes the Zoloft to keep from killing y'all. I thought Zoloft was for, like, depression and stuff. Yeah. Well, Sometimes depression rears its ugly head, and I don't know if Mike Tyson is the advocate for that that we need. Or my doctor hat is, but if it keeps Mike Tyson from killing y'all, then I'd say it's a murder drug. Anti-murder. Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Matt, I wanted your take because M- you're somebody D- who... Doctor. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm somebody who was. I was going to say, as somebody who often has to try to keep themselves from killing uh, others, uh, what did you think about this promo? This is fantastic stuff from both guys. This is going to be a great match. Uh, and I like how Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is going to take some time to adjust to. So relax over there. You fucking dorks out there listening to this. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. I like how he brings up how John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are two toughest men because I think you're going to see John Moxley and Brian Danielson in the finals of this tournament. So I like how he's kind of yeah. planting seeds for that as he's preparing to go to war with Eddie Kingston. So I, I like seed this. what you're saying, Matt. Oh my God. Man, puns and watching yeah. hockey. Just gotta. I turned off the hockey. Why are they it's distracting? No, right, it's distracting. It's gonna go through the puns. Just plow through them. My goodness. So uh, we did find out tonight that the Lucha Brothers are putting uh, their AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line against Full Gear or against FTR at Full Gear. My apologies. Uh, so they cut a quick promo about that. I don't think there's too much to get into there. Uh, and then we get into our TBS uh, championship first round match of the night. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Haikaru Shida. Um, hey, Aunt, shut the fuck up. Shida is on. Uh, no, 
uh, actually, uh, we know you're most of the time a huge Sheeta fan. When Sheeta's, most of the time when Sheeta is on, I don't. I'm not even watching. I'm doing something else. Who here has a Sheeta T-shirt? Can we go back to his T-shirt? How come Joe Evans didn't buy anyone else a T-shirt? Because no one else has promised to wear it like Ant has. Are you fucking kidding me, Joe? I appreciate it. Look, I'm wearing. A... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, Joe? And it looks. Will you wear a Marco, good? Will on you me. wear a Marco stunt shirt if we wear? It, if I get you one. If if you buy me a Marco stunt shirt, 100, percent I'll wear it. Unaltered. Yeah, unaltered. What do you mean unaltered? What am I going to do to it? Like I don't, I don't know. know. Like die. No, I take off, it. wipe my ass with it in the middle. Me, Bardini. That's altering it, by the way. Yeah, and then I'll wear it, and then I'll take it off at some point. Well, before I was so rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. Serena well, I want Deeb. a fucking t-shirt. Can I get a t-shirt? Listen. Asian Joe, I'm married to an Asian woman. <laughs> Eskimo Brothers, dude. That's not that's how that that's works. How that well, I mean, we don't know that it's not. We don't know that. True. But, you know, everyone's related, but through someone. That's not what an Eskimo, Eskimo brother I is. I know though. what an Eskimo brother is, Ryan Schlong. Hey, podcast dad, aunt, what did <laughs> what did you I mean, think about even... this match? Uh, so, uh, first of all, we should say that Sheeta won by pinfall. Um, did you get in trouble? Post-match. Yeah. Breaking news, breaking news. My wife is American. <laughs> <laughs> but she's eating candy corn, which is neither candy nor corn. So I don't know. Ugh, and it's Am terrible. Am I trunk? <laughs> she's just shaking her head. She's going back downstairs. The bag it's, of candy corn. It's a smart move. I know she, oh, no, she's coming this way. Oh, boy. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought that was breaking news. Please, she's going to hit me. So post match, Deeb grabs a chair and she uh, starts hammering Sheeta with it on uh, a, on Sheeta's knee that was uh, injured during the uh, the match. Um, Deeb puts the Serenity lock on, and uh, referees start to swarm the ring. Uh, Jerry Lynn uh, comes down to join in, and Deeb finally lets go. I'm sorry, Ree, that's disgusting. She was just holding up candy corn, by the way. Oh, I should have said she was doing something real gross so people would tune in. <laughs> You're disgusting. Oh, Rhiannon with a sick burn. If being Beauty disgusting pop. means that I hate candy corn, then yes, I'm disgusting. <laughs> that I don't want to be right. What? Yeah. I know. I know she can't hear me. This is terrible radio. This is terrible radio. radio. Oh, that's why you shouldn't um, be listening to the radio. You should be watching on YouTube and Facebook. Very, well, very true. So um, so even though Deeb uh, loses, Sheeta gets her 50th win. Uh, in my opinion, the wrong woman moved on in this tournament. Um, and Deeb looked great tonight uh, in her pink and blacks, uh, paying homage to Bret Hart, she even put the figure four on Sheeta around the ring post, which was pretty awesome. Uh, Deeb looked really good tonight. You know, I guess Sheeta did too, but I just, I really feel like she, Deeb should have gone over and moved on in this tournament, but it is what it is. Um, so uh, I don't know. Kate, you want to go first? Um, Matt, you want to go first? Somebody's raising their hand. 
Matt raises hand. I, as I, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Sheeta. I think that the booking co- committee uh, did her a huge disservice when she was the women's champion. With that being said, this was a very enjoyable match. Uh, I thought they looked great. I thought they worked really well together. The 50 win thing is the dumbest, one of the dumbest things in wrestling. What the fuck is stupid trophy? Um, I love the post-match stuff. I knew Sheeta was going to win, um, but the post-match, post-match shenanigans kind of make you think, like, did Serena Deeb do enough damage where maybe Sheeta can't move on in this tournament? Maybe she misses her shot. And maybe we get an, an an alternate. I don't know if there's alternates in the tournament. Most tournaments do have an alternate person who can fill in. Uh, and then that's you can have a built-in storyline there where maybe that alternate goes on to become the TNT champion. And Sheeta wants to wrestle her. Deeb feels like she's deserved that spot. So Sheik wants to wrestle the TNT champion or this alternate or the Sheeta Deeb thing can continue, can can continue. Um, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, continue. <laughs> I don't know. I just I liked it, and uh, as much as I don't like uh, Sheeta, I thought it was a well-told story. And the post-match stuff is very intriguing because this, of course, sets up another fucking Sheeta Nyla Rose match, which I'm good with never seeing another one of those again. So I'm hoping she can't compete, and that starts like a little blood feud with Serena Deep. So I feel like, and just to your point, and then we'll move on. Matt about kind of the way this could go with the post-match stuff. I thought about this happening two ways. Either Deeb was doing it in hopes that Sheeta can't move on and Deeb by default gets to take that spot. That's one way. Or the fact that Sheeta now has to fight through this injury through the whole tournament and will win despite having her injury, which is my fear in the way this goes. And then you can blow my fucking brains out. Kate, uh, what'd you think of this? I think this might be the first time ever. I've had something positive to say about women's wrestling on the show and the rankings in the same episode. First of all, it wasn't in the nine 20 death slot. This was a little bit earlier and not going away to commercial break. I think actually really fucking helped. Cause I thought this match was great. And it moved fast. There was a lot of momentum. The straight jacket German suplex from Sheeta, I thought was awesome. The spot that Ant alluded to with the half crab into the inverted figure four was great. Uh, and <clears throat> I would have liked, if you're going to do this 50th wing thing, which I think is kind of lame, I would have preferred the story of Sheeta just getting really fucking frustrated that she can't get this win and Serena Deeb just being in her way of that win constantly. I think that could have been really, really fun of just like she's just this Serena Deeb is this constant roadblock to Sheeta getting that victory. But I don't mind this. And I think there's a third option that Ant didn't explore, which is something that AEW does a lot in protecting people, which is that Sheeta. Because she's that baby face, she's going to go out there and she's going to try, but she's just too mangled and ends up losing. So that's kind of a good way to navigate that to me is that I I would rather see Serena Deep go over here. Does it make sense to have the former champion, the longest reigning champion in AEW go over? Yes, it does from a wrestling perspective. But I think this post-match beatdown, A, it's just storytelling, which we haven't really had and. We're actually curious about something in this fucking division. And B, I think there's 
there's a lot there. I love the idea. And I had that same thought of Serena just assuming she would be the alternate. I think that's great and a good cocky heel thing to do. But I think Sheeta is just too beat down to to overcome Nyla. And I, I loved this match. I say let Serena and Sheeta fight for as long as you want them to. Have them be your HBK Triple H and have this thing go on for their entire careers where they're, <laughs> they're at each other. So I, I really had a, a lot of positive things to say about the way that this was executed. And it's nice to have intrigue in what the story is going to be. So I thought it slapped. I, I was really happy to be excited about women's wrestling on my television today. By the way, Kate, just so you know, Schlong and I did talk about the fact that they used the rankings for the women's tournament and we actually liked it. So we're pretty progressive, just so you know. Wow, look at you guys. So progressive. <laughs> I believe women can, you know, have a job and everything. Oh my um gosh. No, I I really like this match too. I actually think what they didn't want Deeb versus Nyla. I think they were trying to avoid that because they're not trying to kill whatever they're doing with Deeb and Nyla can't doesn't really if she takes this loss what are you really doing with Nyla so I now I think you put Sheeta in the match but she can't compete like she's she's wrestling but she can't compete and just gets dominated she then is pissed off at Deeb Nyla gets an easy win it doesn't hurt Sheeta because she got hurt in a cheap shot after the match and her and Deeb can continue their thing afterwards and Nyla moves on. So I don't think you're going to see Sheeta go through the tournament with a bad knee. I think this is a way to get her out without really hurting her. That's where I think they're going with this. Otherwise, the match was awesome. Love the Bret Hart stuff. Deeb is really coming to her own with this character over what they were trying before. Like this, I'm the best fucking technical wrestler in this company. I am mean. I am vicious. This is what they needed. Really looking true. forward to <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Yeah, really looking forward to see where they go with her. I just, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like if you want Nyla to move on, um, wouldn't it have been stronger to have her beat Deeb, who's a, you know, a tougher wrestler, went in that big spot, rather than injure Sheeta and then, you know, you know, lose yeah, but in then the you next have round or something like that. Deep losing the Sheeta, they can kind of get away with it because Deep just beat Sheeta. So, like, they're one and one. If you have Deep then go and lose to Nyla, then um, what are you doing with Like, I think they feel like it's, it hurt Sheeta then because then she just lost two matches in a row. And you've hurt Deep because she just lost to Nyla. So, she didn't really get to go anywhere. This way, you've kept a feud alive and you don't hurt anyone. And I know we're not the biggest Sheeta fans on here, but there were a lot of people complaining that you that she just fell off the face of the earth. So if they actually are listening to us, that that makes sense. Like that you should have the champion who everybody's complaining isn't on your TV all of a sudden. Like as soon as she drops, start to get some more screen time. Like that makes sense. So it's not my choice of booking, but I think it's a sound choice in booking. <clears throat> It just doesn't solve the Nyla problem for me, right? Because Nyla doesn't win in a big spot, right? And they're they're trying to say she's the monster of the division, right? And now yeah, she but what beats if we have her versus Sheeta, Jade? Yeah, I guess she I won't win. Nyla and Jade. But, no, yeah, but they're, they're not going to put it to Nyla. 
But I think their view is there's a difference between I'm not saying I agree, but I think their view is there's a difference between her losing in her first match in this tournament because she had a bye and her losing in the championship title match or something, or at least getting a win. I think they want to give her a win. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, it's just to me, it just doesn't ultimately solve that Nyla problem. And at least if if she had lost again this week, I think it can still keep a feud going, right? Because it's like you've lost to me twice. You're not as good as me, and then she could still come and win a third match and you know prove that she's just as good as Deeb. But either way, she'll move on. We'll see what happens in the Nyla match um, in the next round. Um, after this, we get John Moxley versus uh, number ten Preston Vance. Uh, was there a promo AW. in between? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. My apologies. Uh, there was Producer the Ryan. Uh, no, he. I just looked right over my notes here. Uh, Dante Martin and Leo Rush are interviewed backstage, uh, and we find out that actually uh, Mike Seidel is injured, so we will not be getting the uh, Leo Rush and uh, Dante Martin tag match against the Seidel brothers. We're instead going to get uh, Dante Martin with Leo Rush in his corner versus Matt Seidel. And Leo basically says that uh, Seidel is going to learn a lesson uh, on Friday uh, because uh, Dante Martin is going to have a real, uh, you know, a real person in his corner, not some washed up uh, wrestler. Um, I don't know. For me, um, I'm just disappointed that we're not going to see Leo Rush on TV again uh, for another week. You know, Schlong, we saw him in in Philly and New Japan. He looks great in the ring. <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure if a lot of AEW fans know about what Leo Rush can do in the ring. I mean, I'm sure there are a good amount. We did see him once in that, uh, in that uh, I don't remember if it was a battle royal or a ladder match, but he looked pretty good there, and then he retired, and now he's back. So it just sucks. I, I would have loved to see a tag match with the two of them, but I don't know if anybody else has anything they want to mention about this or we can keep going. I just actually really like what Leo Rush is doing. Like I like this ethical, logical manager. <clears throat> like it's, it's something we don't see. Is They're he all... ethical? But is he? Well, that's what, that's where we're going to go. But I like this out the gate. Like, okay, you want me to earn you a match with CM Punk? I'll earn you a match with CM Punk. Like I, I don't know. It just sounds found it's all very accessible and i like it and i i think leo rush is is fantastic in the ring so we'll get there i'm i'm know you guys are kind of sick of the back and forth with his retiring and felt a little burnt out on him because he was one of those guys that was everywhere for a while but i'm i really like leo rush i'm very excited about this Uh, moving on, we get John Moxley. Now we get John Moxley versus Preston Vance, uh, for the, uh, AEW world championship, number one contenders tournament, first round match. Uh, it's a pretty quick and stiff match, but Moxley wins by pinfall with the paradigm shift. Uh, there's a point in this match where, uh, 10 gets split open pretty badly on his forehead. Um, and there was an awful stiff fucking clothesline from Moxley on uh 10 there. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I was sitting there watching with Mrs. Money and I said, I'm pretty sure that's the outcome, right? Like Moxley was going to win this match, but uh, maybe they uh, cut to the end a little quick because that looked like a pretty mean gash on 10's forehead. Uh, also of note is entering the ring Moxley through the crowd tonight. Uh, Moxley had to, 
pretty forcibly uh, move uh, a fan who was in front of the barricade and did not want to move. Uh, And then on his way out through the crowd also had to kind of shove a fan out of the way because they were just right in the middle of his way. So um, I don't know. Match was okay. In my opinion, Uh, Schlong, what'd you think here? Very violent, but I like what they're doing with Mox. I like the explanation, which is I have to hurt you so that I can go home healthy and I have to hurt you quick. So I love, I think this is a very nice spin on, on Mox and I'm loving the way they're doing it. Now, next week, he's going against Orange Cassidy. So that'll, that'll ah, be interesting. Ah. How dare you? You're just so rude. That'll be interesting. Orange Cassidy's winning the whole thing. I don't know what You're- to tell you. Yeah, okay, whatever. Go buy some more fucking ayahuasca from those people in the Bahamas. Orange Cassidy's winning the whole thing. What is wrong with you? So angry. No one's angry. It's going to be. Who hurt you? Ryan Danielson and fucking John Moxley, and John Moxley's going full heel. He needs Eddie Kingston Zoloft. No one hurt me. I think someone hurt you. No. I don't know. There's a lot of anger in you. DDP. DDP hurt him. That's why no, he threw his, his I, heart I, rate monitor. I ate back on the DDP. Oh, me too. I liked this match. It was real violent. I reluctantly agree with Matt's tournament prediction. I think that's going to be your finals, and I think it'll be awesome. I, it's nice to see Moxley fight people other than all of Japan. I think it's nice to have <laughs> fighting guys in, on the AEW roster again. So this was good. I definitely feel like they went home a little early, but. Yeah. Good enough for me. Matt, anything you want to add here? No, I said my piece. Arch Cassidy sucks. Tell a friend. <laughs> What's your thoughts on All this, right. Matt? I said my Such piece. Moxley, Moxley is going to, to destroy fucking pockets or whatever dumb nickname you fucking marks have for him. Um, he's going to beat him up real good. Just make him bleed. And then uh, he's going to go on to face Brian Danielson in the finals. And it's going to be like a fucking war. And it's going to be Moxley's heel turn. I would argue, Matt, you are the biggest mark of them all. Yeah, what's your point? No point. Just wanted it out there. Okay. There's no argument then. You know, you called me Mark. I called you back. Moving. We're going back and forth. Well, guys, moving on. Yes, we get FTR it. interviewed backstage, uh, and uh, they talk about waiting a year to get their tag titles back, but they're coming for them, and they're going to go down as the best tag team of all time. That's pretty much it. Um, so we know we're getting this match at full gear. Uh, clearly, the Lucha Brothers uh, want to uh, give a little retribution. Uh, because they lost their AAA belts. Uh, does anybody really think that they, they're going to drop these AEW tag titles at full gear to FTR? Yes. Really, Matt? You yes. see the title drop that quickly for them. Yeah, because then you can put FTR in Mexico and have uh, and have them drop the titles back to the Lucha Brothers. Really? I I mean, I it would make sense. I just don't understand why they'd have to take the AAA titles off of the Lucha Brothers just to swap belts like that. I guess you get FTR down to Mexico and then you could have them them win it back in front of a whole crowd. Yeah, I guess you're I guess you're right. Uh Shlong, you agree with that? 
I don't know, but I see Matt's logic. We were talking about it on Saturday. FTR in Mexico just seems like a win because they're going to be so hated as the the anti luchador heels coming in. I, I how doesn't that work? So I'd be shocked that they don't go down that path. So if you're going to make it title versus title, they they almost have to win. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I mean this wasn't stated as being a title versus title well, that's right true. so you know if they drop they're just gonna drop those bolts. um that's true if but, it's not title versus title then i could see them losing yeah i mean it can go either way but it should be a banger of a match um and probably a longer program than they had on dynamite for those triple a titles uh we go to commercial and come back with cody rhodes on the mic standing in the ring with uh, Arn Anderson. The crowd's booing him, uh, and he says, believe it or not, he hears us online and offline. And for a brief moment, uh, when he had uh, Malachi Black's arms hooked in for the Tiger Driver, he thought about hitting a very different move. And what would have happened if he hit that move? Uh, well, he said he, uh, you know, would he have sneered and broken the, the covenant to not challenge for the world title? You know, if you're going to boo the narrative, boo the narrative. Don't forget the man that built this company and takes his shoes off and throws them into the crowd, asking the people to put their feet in his shoes for once. Uh, he talks about family, says it's easy. It's the easy way out uh, is not the way out. Uh, and he will not turn. Uh, he apologizes for everybody uh, to everyone and says it's an honor to stand in the ring with Arn Anderson. He apologizes to the Nightmare family, um, shakes Arn's hands, and that's when Andrade makes his entrance, telling Cody that the people don't like either of them, Arn or Cody, uh, and the difference is that he doesn't care, or I'm sorry, uh, Cody and uh, and uh, Andrade, not Arn, uh, and the difference is that Andrade doesn't care about the people. He calls Cody's neck tattoo stupid, and says he's getting into uh, into his business and that he can make him, uh, Andrade can make Cody's little bitch. The lights then go out and then Malachi Black is in the ring when they return. Uh, Black missed in the face of Cody and both uh, Malachi and Andrade start to beat down uh, Cody and Arn Anderson. And that's when Pac comes down to make the save. He lays out Andrade with his kick combo. Uh, the heels retreat and then Pack. Uh, does the backflip off the rope, drops down cross-legged, and flips the bird at both Andrade and Malachi Black. So clearly, uh, this issue's not over. The biggest thing here tonight is basically Cody saying, uh, you know, hey, I'm a good guy. They're trying to establish him again as a baby face. Uh, he's not turning. I think it's a little bit of a swerve. I think they need to turn him heel. Um, but... Uh, Matt, I'd like to go to you you first because Schlong and I talked about it uh, a little bit on Saturday night. What do you think about all this stuff with Cody? Like, what do you think in particular about, I guess, this segment? But also, do you think that they just have to make the the decision to turn him at some point here? Do they have to? I mean, he's getting very loudly negative reactions from the crowd, and he he's is. clearly in the babyface position, so sure. it's not working. He's getting a reaction. It's working. It's not the reaction well, you but want. It's... Right, right. So 
they he may not turn heel, but he will be viewed as a heel character. He doesn't he he I think he's a unique, he's a polarizing figure where he does not have to change his character. He's going to come out and continue to present himself as a baby face, and he's going to continuously be booed. Happened to John Cena for like a decade. <laughs> People booed John Cena all the time, and then other times they cheered him, sometimes in the same night. Uh, I think he is going to turn hard eventually. He loves fucking with people in interviews saying he's not going to do something and then doing it. Like he's going to turn in, in my opinion, just not yet. And I think, I think it's building a story of he's going to snap. I think he's going to be like, what the fuck do you people want from me? I've given you everything I could. I think he's going to lose his mind. And I think that's going to be real fun when it happens. So I don't know. Yeah. I think he just has to, I think it, it's he has to pick the spot where he turns and, you know, where where is that? Is it in some kind of weird, you know, he's teaming with the world champion hangman Adam Page in a, in a year and he just fucking turns on him then? Um, is it some like real fucking feel good moment and he just does like the most dastardly shit that you can't believe you're seeing? Uh, it's going to be, you know, he's not just going to fucking deck Arn next week and be like, I'm a bad guy now. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it to fucking, like, you're going to remember it for the rest of your life, like when fucking Grotty Piper put his hands on Cindy Lauper. I have a theory that he retires Dustin. And that's that. We reignite the feud that was, like, one of the most iconic early feuds to happen. And he sends Dustin out in a really terrible, bloody, evil way. That's my theory. Uh, uh, away from the Cody promo, the thing that I like the most out of this, and you, it's one of the things that I think AEW is really good at. Um, I desperately now want to see Pac and Malachi Black have a singles match and a feud that they could wrestle a million fucking times in the next six months, and I would be over the moon about it. They're going to kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. The way that they're kind of pulling off this switch in feuds is pretty impressive, right? Like now we're automatically on to Cody and Andrade and we're automatically almost into Malachi and Pac. And it came so quickly just from one appearance on the ramp by like Arn Anderson, right? It It's pretty impressive how quickly people are invested into these kind of swap storylines, but uh uh, Shalong, did you want to say anything about the promos uh, or, you know, the beatdown afterwards? I'm going to talk what Joe said. He thinks what he took away from the promo was that he will turn eventually. And I'm kind of on on that. I kind of am taking a stance of between Matt and Kate of where I think he's going to play up this. I'm a good guy while he continues to get booed, but get less, be less and less of a good guy. But he's going to think he is. And then eventually at one point, just snap completely and do something insane everything after was awesome i like that andrade's getting put into more storylines not just with Pac this time now he's with malachi he's with cody like there's a whole thing there you don't get forgotten if you're with cody he keeps you around um Pac being back around is awesome i feel like there's a that's a guy who be it injury or travel restrictions has been snake bitten his entire run at AEW. he can't be there half the time so I'm very excited for where, wherever they go with this. What if he uh, beats up Fuego? He is the son of Fuego, isn't he? Or whatever dumb shit he's doing now. 
I don't know. What you're, there is a Son of Fuego on Too Fast, Too Fuego, but I, I don't know why you would compare the two. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. We've got some news. Oh, please, yes, I can't wait. Are we overthinking this and Cody just joins the the Elite as no. his heel turn? Why not? Why not I, I think he, the Elite? I don't think they want to have everything be in the Elite's basket. I think they like having things outside of it, and he has managed to keep all his stuff away from there. So I don't know. Providing... With Adam Cole being there, that feels like a moment that could happen. I mean, it could happen. They, I'm with Shlong that they've kind of, uh, you know, strayed away from that. And for a, I mean, for a long time, uh, Cody has kind of been out of the elite. It's pretty much been since the start of the pandemic. Um, Asian Joe, by the way, saying Cody's turn seems similar to how Anakin turns to the dark side. He does what he thinks is right and then kills kids. So Cody will probably take out negative one. Uh, don't disagree child. with you there. And yes. his own kid. Uh, yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Um, he beats up a kid. He's a goddamn heel. <laughs> oh. Jim Cornette's here. Motherfucker. Beat up a kid. Kick him in his little tiny head. I'm sorry, Jim Cornette. Don't be sorry. There's not a book to territory, you motherfucker. Get him in the building. Beat up a kid. Extra violent. Take him, take him the ring and knock his ice cream cone out of his hand. Good day. Put Double cones? Double ice cream, motherfucker. Double oh, scoops. Gonna... Double cones. Double oh, sprinkles. My wife's going to come upstairs. She's going to shut the fuck up with that dumb voice. <laughs> that while you're whispering it? Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we are into our main event here for the night. It was the Dark Order uh, versus the Elite uh, in a, a eight-man tag match. Um, there was a Halloween theme to this, right? Everybody came out in uh, costumes. The Dark Order had various costumes. John Silver was uh, was Bambi, as he promised to be. Um, Colt Cabana was Br- uh, Brandon Cutler. Uh, Evil Uno was a cowboy. They thought maybe he was all he could have also been Hangman Adam Page. And um, Stu Grayson was Kratos from God of War. And the elite were in perhaps the most perfect Halloween costumes you could have. They were the Ghostbusters with full proton packs, it was perfect. Uh, and it was also a nice callback to uh, being the elite. Were so, your shorts, uh, were your forks, shorts full of slime? <laughs> no, I did not have oh. any ectoplasm in my living room. You know, slime yourself? No, I, I did not get slime. Oh, hey, when was the last time you had an ecto cooler? It's no good. Not since the last time they released it. Uh, I think in 2016 when the reboot came out, they re-released it uh, in cans. I actually still have a can, I think, downstairs. I'll give you $5 to drink that. It's like not even in the fridge. It's just warm sitting in a closet. All right. $6. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sold. Okay. $3. (laughs) $4 and this blue highlighter. He doesn't know how to negotiate. That is a deal. I will say when they came out dressed as in their Ghostbuster gear, I said out loud to nobody... I'm so happy for Ant. 
I got a lot of I got a lot of messages in the Discord. Yes. Um, but it also should be noted that with the elite, uh, they did have um, Nakazawa came out as a giant baby in his inflatable Uh, baby costume as a baby. My apologies, a baby. And um, uh, there was also uh, a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Um, we'll talk about that. So as the match goes on, we'll cut to the finish here. The Dark Order does wind up winning by pinfall. Uh, John Silver gets the pin on Matt Jackson. But uh, there are some shenanigans towards the end of this match. Uh, uh, Rick Knox, of course, the referee for this clusterfuck of an eight-man tag match, uh, gets knocked out. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody's in the ring milling about, uh, the dark quarter when they came out earlier had, um, had a horse with them and the front of the horse is now running to the ring to which the elite decide to, uh, super kick and, you know, do their thing too. And they pull the head off and, uh, it winds up being Brandon Cutler and everybody's a little surprised and confused. Because they thought Brandon Cutler was in the Stay Puft costume. But wait, it winds up that Hangman Adam Page was actually in the Stay Puft costume. So Hangman Adam Page uh, gets a little bit of uh, a little bit of action in on the Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, and uh, basically, we are off now to full gear uh, to, uh, you know, get this Hangman Adam Page match going uh against um kenny omega uh and the good guys celebrate in the ring afterwards uh so um you know schlong what'd you think of the match did you enjoy the halloween theme or did you feel like this was a little corn dog uh corny no i love I, I loved it i mean it's better than the typical halloween stuff you see in wrestling where it's all weird props this time it was just guys dressing up having fun um, you uh, you really, didn't want you didn't want six spin the wheel make the deal matches. I didn't, and I didn't want like a Halloween trick or treat match where they throw pumpkins or at each other or something. Um, I was a little sad when they when they busted up their proton packs. Uh, it was a really good match. I thought so. There was a discussion online. I thought Hangman was in the horse. Joel from Fightful thought he was in Stay Puft. Joel was right. However, the horse did come into play. Because that's where Brandon Cutler was. So I wasn't part, I wasn't wrong in thinking the horse had a role. Um, that the image of Hangman in the Stay Puff thing with the angry face is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then after the match, when he couldn't get out of the Stay Puff um, costume and it was around his feet, was cracking me up. But I loved it. I mean, this is this is a good wrestling. It's carrying on the feuds. There's a there was a reason Matt Jackson was the one in the ring because he's the one Hangman has been having the most problems with. Like there's a whole story there. This is and Dark Order gets their win. This was the win they would have got in um I guess before in August before a Hangman went away. It worked here. I'm okay with it. It felt good to see them win and with John Silver and his little Bambi nose. <laughs> yeah, I I love Silver getting the the pin here. I thought. This was so stupid and fun and wonderful. When Ant said, did you like this or is it corny? The answer is yes. I, I, <laughs> the answer is yes to both. I love it so much. Uh, Adam, Adam Page 
must have just when he saw what his role in the show was tonight must have just been so excited come on how fun is that i yeah this beats the shit out of like hey there's candy on the table and i'm gonna put you through a table dumb stuff that we've seen seen in the past uh better than a coal miners glove match for sure like this was just this was a blast. It's a fun way to close out the night. The people that were at the show live have just been tweeting about what a riot it was to see this all unfold. And it, it's fun because this has been such a a real story and it's gone on so long that to throw the silly basketball stuff in it and then one of these in it is, is so much fun to me. So I love hey, it. Kate, it's a blast. What's, what's it all about? What? You don't know what it's all about? Budge. Budge. Fair enough. (laughs) Sorry, I just love that he got that over. It's great. It's amazing. It's all about the budge. Budge. Yeah. No, it's great. It's such a blast. What a fun way to close the show. Why not? Send him home happy. Matt, Halloween tag match. Fantastic. Uh, I'm sure the commentators hated that. Uh, Everyone in the super click. Uh, super elite all had long wet brown hair and were wearing ghostbuster outfits (laughs) as i'm pretty sure excalibur called everybody by the wrong name at least once uh, because you couldn't tell who anybody was Uh, but the match was a lot of fun um i loved love the the stuff with hangman being in the state puff outfit and the stuff with cutler it's just it's just a fun good story um, and obviously it's all going to get us to full gear. So, and it gets the dark order their, uh, their win back. So I, it was fun. It was a good ending to a good show. Yeah. I thought overall, this was a pretty fun episode of, uh, of dynamite, uh, Asian Joe saying, I'll give you, I'll give $5 and take the sheet of shirt back. If Ant drinks the extra cooler, <laughs> guess I'll be keeping the sheet of shirt because I'm not yeah. drinking that extra cooler. Are you not, not drinking, drinking it because uh, you don't want to drink it or because you know it's going to be gross? I just don't want to drink it. It's in a it's a sealed can. Right. Fair enough. It's, my closet. it's part of the collection. All right. I was with Shalong though. I did uh I felt a little betrayed the disrespect they gave the proton packs by just destroying them with Cole Cabana getting power bombed on them. That also had to hurt Kate. Of course it did. Of course it did. I also appreciated how much JR hated this match. Did anybody else notice that in commentary? Yes. Like, ah, protein packs. <laughs> like he was so- uh, God, goddamn sunscreen. Don't even put that on either, son of a bitch. Tope Cena. <laughs> it's a tope. Oh, man. Uh, so, guys, we, we know that on Rampage... Uh, I didn't get the full match rundown for next week's Dynamite, but I know on Rampage this week, we're going to at least get the World Title Eliminator Tournament match versus uh, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. And we will get uh, Matt Seidel versus Leo, Ru- uh, sorry, Dante Martin with Leo Rush in his corner. Uh, so it looks like Friday night could be lining up to. Oh, and we're also getting Abaddon and uh, Britt Baker. My apologies in that trick or treat. No disqualification match. So should be a pretty fun show on Friday. 
Uh, and uh, just a couple little pieces of news uh, that came out. Uh, we already talked about the Ring of Honor stuff, but it looks like TNT's coverage of the NHL is not going to bump Dynamite to Saturday. Uh, as far as we know, for the rest of the show's time on TNT, uh, it still has games to air on Wednesdays, but those are going to affect when Dynamite airs everywhere, uh, but on the West Coast. Um, so um, uh, we don't have to worry about it. Looks like right now we don't have to worry about any more Saturday night Dynamites for the remainder of the year on TNT, Yay! which is a nice thing. Uh, so, guys, we kind of touched on it before. Uh, if you watch Dark this week, you would have seen Fuego del Sol bring in his partner, uh, Fuego 2, son of Fuego, uh, in a tag match. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but he did look awfully familiar. Um, he had a build, like his body looked very familiar. He had piercing blue eyes. He looked like he had some sort of marks on the side of his neck, but I couldn't really tell. Um, but it was an interesting new tag team partner. He's quite a bit bigger than Fuego. I know that much. Yeah, I think and he looked I had like to pick, Papa Fuego. Well, if I had to pick one Fuego to live and one to die, I would keep Fuego too, and I would send off uh, Fuego to the murder factory. Well, you'd be wrong, but that's okay. Um, There's a murder the, factory? It, it's called the Killbot Factory, otherwise known as the Army. Um, <laughs> yes, that's a Simpsons quote, Kate, so you I won't figured. get it. I figured. Um, I think this is hilarious. It started. It's a gag on Sammy's vlog. Fans love it. It's harmless. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Cody also keeps burying it online, which is super fun. Cody's like, what the fuck is this stuff? I hate it. Like, that's just fun. It's all good fun. Except for Matt hates Matt, it. Did you, Matt, did you like Fuego too? He doesn't know what it is. I mean, I don't know what it is. Do you know what, what it, it do? Go on. What, this trash. He's He's got it. <laughs> Looking like his Papa Fuego. This is fucking garbage. Oh, this stop. Is... Notice how Eddie, the you name Eddie it trash. Did you name it trash? Yes. <laughs> he named, for those of you listening in, in podcast form, Matt pulled up a picture of Fuego 2. Definitely not Cody Son of Fuego. And the, the uh, name of the image is just trash.jpg. Trash. Absolute garbage. This is this is gonna turn into Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio fighting over, over him. That's what this is gonna be fighting over his son. I like it. I mean, no, Matt well, doesn't hate fun. Matt hates stupid shit. Matt hates fun. It's not even good enough to be on the main shows. It's very true. <laughs> I'm with you there, Matt. But if I did have to pick a Fuego to keep, it would be Fuego too. I could tell you that. If we don't, if we don't have enough fucking Cody Rhodes, do I have to collect a fucking Cody Rhodes Fuego? Why do you keep bringing up Cody Rhodes? Why do you keep bringing up Cody Rhodes? That's Fuego two, son of Fuego. It's true. And yes, you have to get his action figure for sure. Cody Rhodes. It's Cody Rhodes. I got that. I hope it's a chase figure. Did you hear? Did you hear Fuego two? Did you hear Fuego? Did you hear Fuego two's theme song? No. 
It was something, something, Fuego 2. Oh. Of course it was. It's trash. Trash Sounds goblins. Pretty original. Is it sang by Oscar the Grouch? I It could trash. be. I don't know. Fucking garbage. Shut up, Asian hey, Joe. Put some uh, respect on Fuego's name while wearing yeah. that shirt. Matt, you stop being so angry, Matt. Shut up. You too, great the great. <laughs> Fix your fucking screen. I'm going to break the great. This dumb thing behind you. Now you're frozen. Hey, let's not pick on the background. The background's frozen. pretty great. First of all, he's not a fucking Yankees fan. He's posing. Now he's a poser. That fucking nasty Phillies hat on. He can't fix his dumb screen. If you don't know how to what is use wrong with my screen? screen? What is wrong with my screen? It says rate the great, first of all. It said it all night. Yeah, because it was rate the great tonight. You're not rate the great. She was tonight. here. She was here and she left, but I want to honor her. Okay. Stop what about the other so the other sad. 45 minutes when it just said Kate? Because I was making so, fun uh, of Kate. I was imitating her. Why are you so sad and angry? Sad? Who so, hurt uh, you? Ring of Honor. Who Can I? Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor hurt us all today. Sinclair Broadcasting Company hurt me today. Okay, that makes sense. Too big. What, am I, what am I supposed to do with all these ROH pals now? Dude, they're going to be worth more. They're collector's yeah, items. They're collectibles. Yeah. Start so, a fed. Yeah. A pillow buddy fed. All I see is Dan Housen. <laughs> over there just hanging out on the couch. <laughs> my goodness uh so uh guys the other thing is that uh matt i'm not sure if you saw it kate i'm not sure if you saw it but on saturday night dynamite uh lance archer took a really nasty bump oh, yeah, he, he attempted died, a moonsault huh? and uh did not get enough rotation and landed pretty much on his forehead um it was pretty nasty. Uh, they kind of paused the match and uh, made sure that he was okay. They kind of finished it out. But uh, uh, Lance did uh, say that uh, he is doing okay. Uh, he put out a tweet that said, we choose to do this and take our health and lives uh, in our hands every night. I've done that move hundreds of times over my career, just under rotated. Could have been much worse. Thank you all at AEW for taking amazing care of me and for protecting me. I'll be back. So it looks like um, he's going to be out for a little bit. He also thanked uh, all the fans around the world uh, and uh, those who were in Orlando. Um, so it looks like he's going to be out. Um I'm not sure if I've seen anything in particular about what he's dealing with. Uh, no official word on a diagnosis, uh, but um, you know, we'll see how long Lance is out, which kind of sucks because he was on a pretty good run of matches on the main shows with Suzuki and uh, you know, in this kind of tournament. So it kind of sucks that he's now going to be uh, out uh, with something going on with his neck and spine. The only way Eddie Kingston was going to advance in the tournament, so you got what you you got it now. We'll be happy. <laughs> God, <laughs> my Matthew. goodness. And folks, the last thing we have for tonight is look, I'm not look sure at how annoyed Ryan Schlong is. He's so annoyed. No, I wasn't annoyed. It He's took just me a second disappointed. To, I was in shock. It took me a second to realize what you said. I was like, oh shit, poor Matt and his heart. It's just. Heartbroken. You clearly don't know me. No, this is Matt on a good day for sure. Think you know me, punk? On this day. (laughs) Guys, the last thing we have to just bring up is because uh, it uh, hit on Twitter tonight. 
around 9.30 is uh, Bray Wyatt um, uh, let us know uh, two more days. He put a tweet out that simply said two more days. Um, I guess it's Thursday now, October 28th. Uh, 90 days will have passed since the uh, release. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Friday, he is uh, able to sign and or appear for any wrestling company that he wishes. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago. I think TK was on Busted Open or something saying he hasn't talked to Wyndham, but he'd be willing to. I mean, we know how that stuff goes. Um, I don't know. I could see him in AEW, but I could see him in, in Impact. Uh, but really, there's nowhere else I could see him, especially not Ring of Honor. <laughs> well, but, New Japan for sure, but just not an option right now. Uh, it's AEW it's yeah. or bust. With all due respect to Impact, that's, you know, they do a good yeah, they, they, I'm with they, you there. They do a good job. Their pay-per-view was great on Saturday night, but it's just kind of like it's back to our conversation about Ring of Honor. That's just... You know, Kevin was thriving when he was live tweeting uh, when they were putting the show on Twitch. Now he's got to pay a dollar and it's on YouTube and it's like 45 minutes behind because there's no commercials on YouTube. So it's like, what, what, why? What are we doing here? So, you know, he's not going to go to fucking impact. Well, there are rumors that they're paying money out the ass possibly for uh... <laughs> Yeah, but like they, Braun, did, so. they did that with Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy and Hulk Hogan, and people didn't know they were on fucking Impact, and that was yeah. when it was on like FS1 and uh, oh, what was that other channel? Spike. They were on Spike, weren't they? Oh Spike yeah, or TNA TNN or something like that. Yeah, uh, TNN, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. the o- The only thing is with Impact, he could, I think he'd have a bigger say in like creative for himself. Um, which I know he really likes because I think Impact could use a voice like his back there, whereas he will have some say in creative in AEW because I think all wrestlers have a little input, but not nearly as much. So I'm wondering if that matters. It depends on how much money is motivating him, to be quite honest with you. If, if he really is all about money, then a, if AEW is offering it, it's AEW or bust. Yeah, but There's I don't, also, I don't... like, does Tony Khan want him? Because there were, there was a lot of conversation well, about him having attitude problems, so... Now with ROH's news, that changes things too. Like unless the deal was already signed, is it a? It, here's the thing though, right? It's probably not a money thing for him because he probably made fucking more money in his eight years in the WWE than he's gonna make anywhere else. It's probably about him being creative, being like Darby avant garde, fucking round two. But I think he could do more of that in Impact than he could AEW. Yeah, but it's just like you know. I'm really good at my guitar, but I'm going to play it in the backyard to the trees. Like, nobody's going to see it. I guess, but I just, like, I'm really thinking Kevin Owens is coming over. And I just, there's a point where it's just getting crowded for guys that are going to be, I think Argano could slide in nicely. Like, but for guys that are going to be that big of a presence on the show, it is it is getting crowded. You know what you kind of actually need? Do- Sorry, I I was going to say, I was going to say, with all due respect to Gargano, I don't need to see him in AEW. I'm not a huge fan. I I, I just think there's, they've got like eight other guys like Gargano. They don't need Johnny Gargano. But I mean, I don't think Johnny Gargano is 
is gonna fill the same space as a Bray, but I think no. Kevin Owens is right. So that's what I'm saying. I think you snatch up your Garganos to fill a different role, and you bring in a Kevin Owens, where like those that top billing stuff is getting real crowded up there. So I I skip Bray and go for for Owens if I'm Tony Khan, but I'm not Tony Khan, and he just seems like he's gonna just keep making wrestling shows. <laughs> I don't think the he cares. Iron- <laughs> the irony of it all is what they could really use right now is like an old school NWA of a bunch of companies taking AEW out of this, like a bunch of the smaller indie f- promotions and all kind of almost nego- – I hate to say them collectively negotiating, but sharing contracts and stuff that allow wrestlers to get paid but move around a lot. Because right now when you're trying to negotiate all these small places, everyone's taking on different costs, and I think it's killing them. But also – AW introduces the trios titles, they should then bring you over Shane Taylor promotions. Just saying. They should do that anyway. Well, yeah, but I'm just like, that is such a natural ROH trios champs, six man champs, whatever. Bring them over. Can we, can we just not pretend that ROH is dead yet? No, please. It makes me sad. And also on the flip, it's, it's, we're getting almost to that time where, you know, contracts might be running out for AEW too. Yeah, Cody sure. and the Bucks aren't aren't going to wrestle forever. Kenny Omega is not going to wrestle forever. Like, you know, it, it is not unrealistic to say like those four Jericho. You know, they kind of take a step back. Yeah, like they'll still be there, yeah. but they'll sign a different kind of contract where they're more part time. Right, and they're not on TV every week. Maybe they're more hands on behind the scene. The company's up and running now. It's successful. It's doing well. Yeah, yeah and and Kenny's kind of openly said that his days are are numbered. Like he wants to basically start to think about calling it a day. And who can blame him? Right. I mean, he's been through a lot. He's put his body through a lot. Uh, he could still go, but I'm sure you get to the point where you're just like, man, this is getting, <laughs> this is getting tiring. Also, um, we're we're go. used to WWE where if you sign there and that's all it is. Whereas in AEW, there's only actually like a handful of wrestlers who don't wrestle other places. So I think yeah. that has really helped them manage costs. Like you see, Evil Uno, who's in your main event tonight, who's obviously a big player. He he was wrestling uh, your guest from Monday Night, Dan Barry, like a month ago. Um they let their other guys go to, to indie shows. So that has to cut costs down, which if you're Tony Khan, then probably allows you to bring in some other guys because you're like, well, I have the money. I'm not, I don't have everyone locked up into an exclusive deal. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it does shake out. I mean, there is still a a length of time where, you know, uh, there's gonna there's a couple months before we get to Kevin Owens, right? His contract I think is up after the new January. year. I think it's January. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So he's not an immediate guy who's coming in. Um. You know, who knows what's going on with Ring of Honor? Uh, they they wouldn't be able to do anything unless somebody's immediately kind of wants out of their contract to work somewhere else, right? So. <clears throat> It could be lining up right for Bray Wyatt uh, to, you know, head over to AEW. I don't think it would be a bad thing. I'm just interested, Ryan, in you saying, like, oh, I think he could have more creative, say, at Impact as compared to AEW. Because it seems like they have, you know, some good creative control over at AEW. I feel like in AEW, they, they have creative input. I feel like 
if he agreed to go to Impact, he would probably, as part of his contract, have a lot more of that, like a lot more. And probably not just in his program, which is what I think he wants. I don't think AEW is going to give him that. I think Impact might in order to bring him over. I could see that, like, like a, a more active say in actual booking and behind the scenes stuff in general. I could, I, I completely would be a, on board for a company giving Bray Wyatt booking. <laughs> I think he could do some really cool shit. <laughs> yeah, but sure. Yeah, end- from a booking standpoint, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Matt. No, it's okay. And then for me, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, how easy is it for me to access Impact? Like, yeah. it's a pain in the ass. Like, he can go there and it'll be great for like a week. Just like when Kenny Omega showed up there, people aren't going to fucking tune in. Well, the problem is, the I hate to say it, the the dollar YouTube thing just doesn't make sense to me. None of it makes be, sense. Like be on YouTube. Well, you can't be on YouTube for free. And I guess if you have a TV contract, because then there's something there probably. But like if you're just on YouTube, you have a you have a chance to grow that because you can say, hey, just tune it. I think a lot of reason these companies don't get consistent YouTube views is they don't put on regularly scheduled programming on YouTube. Like ROH just kind of has a weekly show, but it's mostly highlights, and then it just throws random stuff on there. AEW, which is a much bigger company, much better following, it's consistent. Elevation Monday, Dark Tuesday. Like you have a schedule that really huh? Ring of Honor has a schedule that week by week is every Tuesday and it recaps what happened on it's the a recap, TV show. It's a recap. And they, and they give you a match. And then well, Wednesday well, is the women's show. And that's all matches. Well, they were just building that up, but everything else is just random match here or there. I just looked. It's not like full length shows. They're like highlights here, random match here. Your week you're by gonna, week is your highlight show, and then they feature one match every week. It's the same thing. Every yeah, but week. if you're going to build a YouTube audience, I think you'd have to give a consistent show. Right, but I don't know if they're necessarily looking to build a YouTube. They audience. weren't because they had a t- they had a TV deal. But right. if you don't have a TV deal, if you lose it, you can do it. You just have to be more consistent. And charging people a dollar on YouTube is actually not the way to do it because people just get annoyed at that. Right. I don't on YouTube, why. I don't understand why. What was wrong with Twitch TV for Impact? Yeah, uh, I thought Twitch sense. was great for Impact. That makes no sense like, to me at all. If I want to watch Ring of Honor, I just go to ROHWrestling.com. And it's even on fucking fight. It's easy to find. If I want to watch Impact, I have the Impact Plus app. But they don't put the episodes up to like four days after they've been on the air. Yeah, and you can't do that in today's like wrestling cycle. <laughs> And like, I'm just not super invested. I'm not super into impact. So I'm not going to wait like four days to watch. Which is insane when you consider like Jay White showed up. (laughs) Like in Kenny Omega was there. Like, how are you making it so difficult? I don't want to seek that out is, is pretty fucking wild. Once they left, Twitch, I never sought it again. It was just. yeah, And I think the crossover stuff didn't turn out to be that great. So. Which was amazing for but them even because you had guys doing their own Twitch broadcast of the Impact show with the commercials and everything built in. It was ideal for them. But even Kate, when the crossover stuff wasn't really like deep, right? I would still turn it on to see what was happening. Sure. Um, and a lot of people know, did. Their ratings when... were significantly better when they were on Twitch. Like, <laughs> it's the yeah. most perplexing I mean... move. I I don't get it. It's crazy. By the way, uh, Mike Peterson's in the Discord saying uh, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with the Rampage show on Friday. So it sounds like it's a good show. Uh, tune in on Friday night. 
and uh, he's in the Discord. Looks like he's going to start dumping some photos because uh, he was at the show tonight in Boston. So um, if you want to join the Shining Wizards Discord, check out uh, the Shining Wizards uh, socials. Matt, where are the Shin- Shining Wizards socials found? Uh, at Wizards Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch TV. YouTube is the Shining Wizards. But if you go to our Twitter, there's a link right for the Discord. Jump in there. Join us. Um, it's not as active as I would like it to be, but there's a lot of good activity in there. Uh, some people, Kate, have not been in there in a very you long know, time. No, I suck. I'll get back in there. I was thinking about that the other day. Too big for britches. <laughs> no, but it's great. Ryan's in there all the time. Ant's in there all the time. Liddy's great. Mike is great. Uh, Scotch is fantastic. Uh uh, there's tons of people in there. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. Milwaukee Tom. Milwaukee Tom. There's. It's a great community that uh, we've managed to build and make friendships in. So come in. If you're not a dickhead, uh, we'll accept you. If you're a dickhead, we will ban you for saying dumb shit like Eddie Guerrero is only good because he's dead. Thumbs down, bro. You out. Absolutely. And by, by the way, it's not just all wrestling. We have music channels. We have DDP yoga channels. We have a meme channel, a book club. Like there's all sorts of different shit that we talk about. So yes, while it is kind of the backbone is pretty much wrestling, uh, everybody's into uh, different shit that we always talk about. Music, books, movies, memes, and then all the individual wrestling channels. So a lot of fun in that Discord. Uh, Discord, really cool community that the Wizards have built and that we're happy to be part of. Um, Kate, what do you want to plug? Uh, every Tuesdays, I lose my mind after NXT with Alex Pulowski on Sour Grabs on Fightful. And every Friday, uh, we do the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. Uh, me and Sean Ross Sapp also at Fightful. That's about it for right now. I miss watching Shlong, wrestling. What are you plugging? Oh, the Caribbean. sorry, Kate. Oh, I was just going to say I miss watching wrestling with the Caribbean breeze going through my hair. But other than that, you can find me and you can follow me at Kate on deck. I see Ryan Schlong slash rate the great slash you caught my background. You can follow me at Mark Order Pod because that's the only thing I use. I don't use my own. Like every night at the end of our podcast, some, for some reason, my camera just starts to slow down. It's tired. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out Ryan uh, Monday and Tuesday nights when he's live tweeting uh, Dark Elevation and Dark at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. You can find at Mark Order Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're working on the Twitch uh you can find us on the youtube as well all of these uh shows since we started on the stream yard are there for you to view on uh youtube if you'd like to go back and actually watch what we're doing it's a lot of fun uh to watch if you're listening in podcast form we totally appreciate that as well uh if you'd like to listen to the podcast version uh subscribe on all major podcast forums uh you know like us subscribe review rate whatever you got to do we appreciate all the love there uh i'm gonna throw out a little plug for myself uh i'm actually gonna be on uh a oh shit my date got moved my bad uh november 9th i'm supposed to be on the bammer slammer podcast they're doing a preview for aew full gear so i'll be on that we'll remind you as we get a little closer uh, but we are uh, here every Wednesday night. Oh, how could I forget? It's staring me right in the face. Stickers, don't forget. Get your stickers. 
uh, hit us up, slide into our DMs, leave us your name and address. We'll let you know that we're sending you out stickers. We'll send them anywhere worldwide. So just let us know where you need them. And next guys, week, we're all in bikinis. Right? Oh, Everybody I is... did not get the memo. If you're listening in podcast form, we are all in bikinis. <laughs> Perfect. We're all thirst trapping. Matt is getting wild right now. I feel like we're back at Camden Yards. Hi, Matt. Matt's got them hitters out. He's thirst trapping hard. Why are we waiting till next week, people? That's you know what? That's a really good point. Shame on me. I gotta let I the would, girls breathe. I'm uh, I'm in my my shining wizards t-shirt, but I'll figure something out. You know. Yeah, you just <laughs> take it off, you wizard. You know, uh, Matt. Uh, you know, Ethan Page says he's got the best tits in the biz, but I think Matt does. Not even close. There you go. Like not, Tightest not tits in the game, baby. Tightest tits in the game. Not even close, Ethan Page, to what Matt is packing right now. My oh, goodness. Flexing for you all. Someone told me the other day. Matt's flexing. They look like who? You, Bert, Bert Kreischer. I can see it. The machine? That's Bert. a good one. I'm all about it. I think I'm just going to start doing the podcast without a shirt on. But don't acknowledge it. I mean, just it's... always show up shirtless, and we won't even say anything. I know. I'm gonna start, and then like as soon as like I maybe I'll do it uh, next week with Paro. But as soon as he comes on, <gasps> I will just take my shirt off. Yeah, oh, perfect. And watch, oh it. man, watch Kevin freak out. Oh, Kevin will lose his mind. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> Consummate professional Kevin Garifo will freak out. There it is. <laughs> well. We'll be back. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Were you going to say something? No, I'm just ready. I'm queuing up the finish here. All right. Go home. Well, we will be back next week, every Wednesday, uh, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We'll be back next week here on the Mark Order podcast. Thank you for listening. The slogan. Good night. And good night. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.